Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WPHD, WPHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. I was just watching uh, Biden and Zelensky in the Oval Office. Zelensky is, uh, of course, going on about the need for more money. Biden is pledging to give him whatever he wants, of course, because Zelensky has the receipts. And Republicans are saying, uh, no, no, not so fast. So thank God they're saying, no, not so fast. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. It is Tuesday. 855, excuse me, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, this, this fight over Ukraine aid, let's think about this now for a moment. Let's think about where we, where we stand. So the Democrats are all in on giving Ukraine whatever Zelensky wants because obviously the Democrats know that uh, Joe Biden is uh, being compromised. I mean, it's extortion. And the guy's got the receipts. The guy's got the goods on Biden. So help a brother out. You know what I mean? Help a brother out. He's got to give him the money. Otherwise, Zelensky's going to tell everybody everything about what we already know, which is Biden's corruption in Ukraine. Tough spot to be in. And they got to keep going on about Putin. And Biden used the phrase that it'll be a Christmas gift to Vladimir Putin if we don't give Ukraine more money. Like, come on. Senator J.D. Vance was on Laura Ingram last night. He said, you know, we got to focus on our own problems here. Uh, The Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, came out and said, there's no oversight over this money. There's no oversight whatsoever. Senator Tommy Tuberville came out and said today, he said, you know what? Russia can't even beat Ukraine. I think about this now. Russia can't even beat Ukraine. And we're so worried that that they're going to beat Ukraine and then roll into Europe and take over Europe. Come on already. You know what I mean? Come on. So this battle that's going on right now, which is playing out in real time, in the backdrop of all this is the reauthorization of the FISA Act, which the United States government, led by Republicans, is going to make the police state grow even stronger with the so-called reforms to FISA that they're pushing. And it's going to be even stronger. They'll have more ability to spy on all of us without warrants, without the Fourth Amendment. You know, I, I read some, some piece today at some conservative site going on about how we need to pass the FISA Act again, our national security, and we don't have time to wait for warrants and blah, blah, blah. All I kept thinking is, you know, the, the Constitution doesn't have this little preamble in it that says, these rights are fine as long as everything's cool. 
You know what I mean? The minute that the S hits the fan, whether it's a pandemic or it's a threat of terrorism or something like that, this all goes out the window. Like these are suggestions to get you through the, the nice times, the good times. But if you turn around and you say, but, but we've got a pandemic or but we have terrorism out there or but, you know, we've got domestic violent extremism. Well, all this stuff eh, it all goes away. So consider the Bill of Rights, like the Bill of Rights on a good day when everything's peachy Then you have all these rights. Otherwise, uh, we don't really care. Well, it's just all suggestions. It's for positive reflection. And that's it. And those should be goals for you. Positive reflection and goals for good times. Good times when you get to enjoy your freedom and liberty. But when the world is a crazy place, not so much. It doesn't have that little preamble in there. You know, there's nothing about the founders or the framers of the Constitution turning around and saying that even though they said the Constitution is not, a, not a, a suicide pact, they also said that we have threats all the time. Like the British came and burned down the White House in 1812. I st- for one, that still bothers me deep down in my core. I know sometimes I hold a grudge and I have to get over things and I'm working on it. But the British burned down the White House. It wasn't like when we won the Revolutionary War and we passed the Constitution that everything was hunky-dory. I mean, we had, lots of, we had lots of problems going on in the country, and yet somehow we found a way to persevere without turning around and trampling on the United States Constitution. But nowadays, it's these things are only, these rights are only there when things are good. Otherwise, sorry, folks, Moose out front should have told you your liberties are closed. And that's how they view these things. See, I, for one, can't get behind that. I, I, I can't get behind that because the, this surveillance reform bill is a farce. The Electronic Freedom Foundation came out and they looked at this. And they said earlier this week, both the House Committee on the Judiciary and the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence marked up two very different bills, Protect Liberty and End Warrantless Surveillance Act and the FISA Reform and Reauthorization Act of 2023, both of which would reauthorize Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, but in very different ways. Both bills head to the floor next week under a procedural rule called Queen of the Hill, where the bill with the most votes gets sent to the Senate for consideration. And they're urging everyone to vote no on this. And the reason why is because the report was released calling for the reauthorization of Section 702 with essentially superficial reforms. The bill that followed was as bad as expected. It would renew the Mass Surveillance Authority Section 702 for another eight years. It would create new authorities that the intelligence community has sought for years, but that have been denied by the courts. It would continue the the indiscriminate collection of U.S. persons' communications when they talk with people abroad for use by domestic law enforcement. This was not the intention of the National Security Program, and people on U.S. soil should not have their communications collected without a warrant because of a loophole. As a reminder, Section 702 was designed to allow the government to warrantlessly surveil on U.S. citizens abroad for foreign intelligence purposes. Increasingly, it's the U.S. side of digital conversations that domestic law enforcement agencies trawl through all without a warrant. FBI agents have been using the Section 702 databases to conduct millions of invasive searches for Americans' communications, including those of protesters, activists, donors to congressional campaigns, journalists, and even members of Congress and their staff. 
Additionally, the bill authorizes the use of this unaccountable and out-of-control mass surveillance program as a new way of vetting uh, asylum seekers through their digital communications. Now, according now, this is a a a point here that I, for one, don't give a damn about. Asylum seekers, in my opinion, they're not U.S. citizens, so I don't really care about that. I only care when U.S. citizens are impacted by this. As far as I'm concerned, if you're not a U.S. citizen. You don't have rights. If you're in this country illegally or you're in this country looking to gain asylum, the Constitution doesn't apply to you yet. Now, obviously, there are limits around that, too, in the sense that you, you still have certain I mean, you still have all the rights afforded in the justice system and that sort of thing. But not always. I mean, immigration courts are very different than criminal court that a U.S. citizen would face, for example. But what I what I'm concerned about, what 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 frustrates me is that the FISA Court of Review released a highly redacted opinion documenting a fight over the government's attempt to subject an unknown company to Section 702 surveillance. They have the new ways to define electronic communication service provider to include equipment. Any equipment, a modem or router in your home, anyone who comes over to service that modem or router, anybody, The court agreed that under the circumstances, the company did not qualify as an electronic communication service provider under the law. Now, the so-called reform would expand that definition to include a much broader range of providers, including those who merely provide hardware through which people communicate on the Internet. Even without knowing the details of the secret court fight, this represents an ominous expansion of 702's scope, which the committee introduced without any explanation or debate of its necessity. Now, the House Judiciary Committee bill, the Protect Liberty and End Warrantless Surveillance Act, would actually address a major problem with Section 702 by banning warrantless backdoor searches of Section 702 databases for Americans' communications. The bill would also prohibit law enforcement from purchasing Americans' data that they would otherwise need a warrant to obtain, a practice that circumvents core constitutional protections. Importantly, this bill would also renew the authority for only three more years giving Congress another opportunity to revisit how the reforms are implemented and to make further changes if the government is still abusing the program. By the government's own numbers, violations are still occurring at a rate of more than 4,000 a year. Our government, with the Federal Bureau of Investigation in the lead, has come to treat Section 702, enacted by Congress for the surveillance of foreigners on foreign soil, as a domestic surveillance program of Americans. Now, Mike Lee is furious over this. He really is. Mike Lee is furious over this. And thank God he's speaking out against this because we need guys like Mike Lee and Rand Paul and and uh, in the Senate to push back on this because McConnell, as you can imagine, just like how McConnell's all in, all in on climate change and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, all in on Ukraine and giving Zelensky whatever he wants. McConnell's all in on increasing federal warrantless spying authority. Eric Beam writing this. One set to be considered would grow the scope of federal digital surveillance and would authorize the federal government to use these powers against more individuals who are American citizens. When Edward Snowden exposed parts of the same federal surveillance apparatus in 2013, called the new proposal the biggest encroachment on your privacy rights since the Patriot Act, in a post on Twitter. Civil libertarian groups have roundly criticized the bill and are encouraging lawmakers to vote against it. That bill, the Pfizer Reform and Reauthorization Act of 2023, is one of two measures 
aiming to make changes to Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act could be brought to the House floor on Tuesday. Could be today. Section 702, created after 9-11, allows federal intelligence agencies to vacuum up communications between Americans and foreigners. Under some circumstances, law enforcement is allowed to query the Section 702 database, which includes an unknown amount of incidental data pulled from Americans' online communications with foreigners. Now, the FBI has misused this program, and this is the key part about this. I've always told you this. If you sacrifice your liberty, if you sacrifice the Bill of Rights to the government in the name of keeping you safe, they will take that, they will take that power, they will weaponize it for political purposes, and they will use it against you. That has been one of the hallmark Zioli axioms since I've been on this radio station. Since I started in Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, and I was an outlier back then opposing this stuff. You know, nowadays, it's very popular for conservative talk show hosts to be against this. But back then, it wasn't. Not so much. You know, back then, we were, we were all still thinking that at some point, we were going to get blown up by a terrorist. But I knew. I knew what they would do. I knew that they would take this power, and they would turn around, and they would use it against their political enemies. And that's exactly what's happened. They used Section 702 to spy on the Trump campaign. They literally, they literally had a, a wiretap of Trump's phones in Trump Tower and used 702 as the, as the impetus for that. And these judges, you know, these FISA court judges who are supposed to protect people's liberty, they just rubber stamp these things. I mean, it's like a 99% approval rate. And you don't even have any ability whatsoever to even understand any due process. There is none. Even though this was intended to attract foreign spies and potential terrorists, it has predictably morphed into a way for law enforcement agencies to get a warrantless peek at Americans' phone records, emails, and other electronic communications. In the report published a little while ago, the White House Intelligence Advisory Board said the FBI's use of the databases created by Section 702 should be limited to investigations dealing with foreign intelligence, the same standard that is used at other intelligence agencies with access to that data. FBI's use of Section 702 should be limited to foreign intelligence purposes only, and FBI's personnel should receive additional training on what foreign intelligence entails. The report says the FBI has made inappropriate use of Section 702 authorities, especially U.S. person queries. In 2021, for example, the FBI ran more than 3.3 million queries through the Section 702 database. Separately, a 2021 report from the secret federal court responsible for adjudicating FISA-related matters documented 40 instances in which the FBI accessed surveillance data as part of investigations into a host of purely domestic crimes, including healthcare fraud and public corruption. Now, my question is, why can't you get a warrant for those things? Why can't you get a warrant? Look, I, I just want to follow the rule book, right? If you, if you have reason to believe somebody is committing a crime, then by all means, get a warrant. Follow due process, follow the Constitution, and get the bad guys. It's not like, it's not like I, I want criminals to go free. It's not like I want to get blown up by a terrorist, but I, I also don't want to shred the Constitution in the middle of all this. Or worse than that even is empower this police state, which then becomes so arrogant, the Constitution doesn't need to be shredded because they just ignore it anyway. And they do whatever they have to do to make sure that their political enemies are being punished. I mean, are we not watching what's playing out in this country right now? We're talking about giving these people more power over us, more ability to spy on us. Are we not paying attention to what's happening? 
Do you not see what they're doing to former President Donald Trump? Do you not see what they did to former President Donald Trump? And, you know, he made a huge mistake when he renewed this, and I said it at the time. But the problem is, of course, he had a lot of those swampy neocon Republicans around him and all the fear-mongering, and it has to stop. The public in Congress ought to be wary of the FBI's promise to police itself and of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court's ability to hold the Bureau accountable. In 2021, the FBI promised the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court in the wake of the Carter Page scandal. Remember him? That was a Trump aide named Carter Page who was illegally spied on by our government under this guise that he was a Russian agent. He wasn't. It was an excuse to use to spy on the Trump campaign and an excuse by the deep state to tie Trump to Russia. Because obviously if they're, if they're invoking FISA, if they're listening to Trump aides because of their foreign communications, that gives them the door into the Trump campaign and it also enables them to go out there and say, yeah, you know what? This thing, this guy may be compromised by the Russians. The FISA court rubber stamped the changes that were suggested in the wake of the Carter Page scandal. But the FBI is still up to its old tricks with regard to Section 702. As the Associated Press notes, the report details how the FBI used its access to the database to run queries for a U.S. senator and state senator's names without properly limiting the search, looking for someone believed to have been at the Capitol during the January 6, 2021 insurrection, and doing large queries of names of protesters following the 2020 death of George Floyd. The latest revelations show that Federal Bureau of Investigation simply cannot be trusted with conducting foreign intelligence queries on American persons. That was written by Matthew Guaglia, a senior policy analyst at the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So regardless of the rules or consistent FISA court disapprovals, the FBI continues to act in a way that shows no regard for privacy and civil liberties. Now, thank God we have a number of people, Matt Gates. Tom Massey in the House, among others, pushing for reforms. On the Senate side, you've got Mike Lee, who blasted the FBI Director Christopher Wray last week, blasted him over his arrogance and hubris as they have watched this law be abused to spy on American citizens. Remember, if you're listening to me right now and you are a Trump supporter, you are the terrorist now. You're the, you're the terrorist and they will be more than happy to use this against you. If you're listening to me right now and you're a mom who goes to school board meetings and speaks out, if you're a Catholic who prays in Latin mass, I mean, how many more a pro-lifer standing outside an abortion clinic? How many more examples do you need of how the government will abuse its power to go after its political enemies, to intimidate the people, intimidate Americans into silence and complicity, compliance, Right. And will use its law enforcement powers to go after the number one political opponent of the president of the United States of America. I mean, at what point do we wake up here and say, enough is enough. Enough. You know, unless you actually are going to give us some real reforms, unless you are actually going to do something to limit this to what it's supposed to be. And what it's supposed to be is the ability for the government of the United States to be able to gain intelligence on foreigners. And I have no problem with that. I want the government to be able to do that. Senator Mike Lee said, FISA spying on Americans is just like King George III using general warrants to persecute dissidents. Congress should not reauthorize FISA. Senator Mike Lee put this out a short time ago, today. 
He said, warrantless backdoor searches of Americans' private electronic communications under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act are modern versions of the general warrants used and abused by King George III. Remember, the founders were acutely aware of the abuse by the government against them. And they put in these rights, they encoded these rights into the Constitution so that the federal government can't do these things. Not the federal government can't do these things as long as things are good, as long as there's no bad guys in the world, as long as there's no one trying to burn down the White House, which is what the British did. Don't forget that. They put these in here because they said, you have a right to be protected from your government. I've told you this before. The Bill of Rights, if you read it really from the First Amendment all the way up to the 10th, it's a beautiful symphony of protections against protections for you against your government, your protection from your government. You have the freedom to speak out against your government anonymously. You have the freedom to worship because government should not be who you worship. You have the freedom. I mean, all these freedoms are God-given, but they're written down. They're encoded. They're written down for a reason, right? You have the right to protest your government. You have a right to defend yourself from your government. You don't have to have troops quartered in your home because that could be very intimidating to you. You don't have to say a damn word if the government accuses you of a crime. They have to get a warrant. It's got to be very specific. It shall name the time, matter, and place. You get a jury of your peers. You get due process whenever life, liberty, or, or property is, is subject to be taken from you. I mean, it's all right there. It's, it's very, it, it is a beautiful symphony of protecting you from your government. And we live in an age now where the federal government has become an all-out police state, and we are literally having a conversation at this very moment about giving them more power, not just even renewing what's already there, but expanding that power under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. We need to get our collective heads checked here. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. A lot to say on this. I'll give you the latest on Zelensky as he comes hat in hand to Joe Biden and Republicans more and more turning around and saying, no, this has to stop. Don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So I hear them knocking. Actually, you don't hear them knocking, actually. They just kind of come on in. So what did Senator Mike Lee say? Mike Lee is a stalwart defender of liberty, actually. One of the best. He really is. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. I'll get into Ukraine and Zelensky as well, but this is really important stuff here. He says the bill, the Pfizer Reform and Reauthorization Act of 2023, is one of two measures aiming to make changes to Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that could be brought to the House floor on Tuesday. Section 702, created after 9-11, allows federal intelligence agencies to vacuum up communications between Americans and foreigners. Under some circumstances, law enforcement is allowed to query the Section 702 database, which includes an unknown amount of incidental data pulled from Americans' online communications with foreigners. Section 702 is set to expire at the end of the year, and recent revelations about how the FBI has misused the spying program have raised hopes that Congress might reign in the program. Despite its name, however, the FISA Reform and Reauthorization Act appears to expand, not reform, the program. One portion of the bill vastly expands the universe of U.S. businesses that could be conscripted to aid the government in conducting surveillance. Currently, the federal government can compel only businesses that have direct access to digital communications, meaning telecom providers, internet service providers, and the like, to turn over that data to Section 702's database. Under the terms of the House proposal, however, any business or entity that has access to telecom or internet equipment could be forced to participate in the federal government's digital spying regime. Hotels, libraries, coffee shops, and other places that offer Wi-Fi to their customers could be forced to serve as surrogate spies. Now, look, I know that there's always a temptation, and this is something that a lot of conservative-minded people have to get over, and perhaps you've gotten over it, but there always is this temptation to say, well, if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to fear. But we know that that's not true. We we know that. We we know that it doesn't matter if you've done nothing wrong. If the government wants to get you, the government's going to get you. They'll drag you out in shackles and chains on a Sunday morning in front of your family just to send a message. They will indict you on bogus federal charges and try to destroy your candidacy. They will spy on you for doing nothing wrong so that they can make everybody believe the campaign has been infiltrated by the Russians. You can't you 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 just simply can't allow that notion of if you've done nothing wrong you have nothing to fear to, to persist because you don't know when you're going to do something wrong. At any point that you do, then the government has the ability to then punish you, go after you. you know, this is why I so vehemently disagree with Nikki Haley's position that there should be no anonymous uh, social media postings. Now, and somebody said to me the other day, they said, "Rich, you wait till you have kids." It'll change your opinion because there's so much bullying out there and everything else. You have kids, you'll 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 want you'll want everybody to have to register. 
no, I never fall for that, but for the children thing. No, you, you, you should have the right to anonymously criticize your government because the government has so much power to take revenge against you. Do we all not remember the IRS Lois Lerner scandal when the IRS was targeting conservatives? How quickly we forget these things. So the problem is you may do nothing wrong. You may literally be doing nothing wrong. But then you might become a gigantic pain in the government's ass. And then at that point, they have all the tools they need to find something that you're doing wrong and use it against you. If nothing else, just to send send a message and intimidate you into being compliant. The change under this so-called FISA reform would effectively overrule a recent decision from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the secret court that reviews America's spying programs. The new definition could give the government warrantless access to any communication system in America through which any one side foreign communication could be found. The FISA Reform and Reauthorization Act would also expand how the government uses its Section 702 database. Specifically, the bill would add a new provision to authorize Section 702 investigations as part of the process of vetting all non-United States persons who are being processed for travel to the United States. This new authority proposes to give immigration services the ability to audit entire communication histories before deciding whether an immigrant can enter the country. This is problematic that could cost someone entrance to the United States based on, for instance, their own or a friend's political opinions, as happened to a Palestinian Harvard student when his social media account was reviewed when coming to the U.S. to start his semester. Now, like I said, when you're not a United States citizen, I don't really care. But the problem is, that if they expand this power to people who are coming to the United States of America, what happens then is, if you happen to be their cousin, or you happen to be their friend, or you happen to be the, uh, you know, the couple that's uh, hosting the, the au pair, well, guess what? All of your communications are now subject to them scooping it up. We've gone from having to prove to a judge that you might be talking to somebody who's a bad guy to now it's just, you're just talking to somebody who's a foreigner. I mean, the world's a big freaking place. I've been dealing with trying to get my new pizza oven for months now. I've been dealing with the freaking Italians. I mean, trying to get my Avanzani gas burner. And yeah, I mean, it's handmade in Italy. And I guess, I don't know, Giuseppe's making it and transporting it on a freaking donkey. I have no idea, but I can't get this freaking thing. but, But I'm talking to foreigners. I'm talking to foreigners. I'm talking to Giuseppe who's making my Avanzani gas burner. I think it's beautiful, by the way. It's a piece of art. This, this, this gas burner is worth it. Believe me. You heat up the pizza oven with the gas burner and you switch over to wood. It's a beautiful thing. But I'm talking to foreigners. I'm talking to the people who are making the oven. I'm talking to the people who are making the burner. Handmade in Italy. Literally handmade by apparently a guy who's got one hand. And so I could get scooped up in all this. My communications can get scooped up in all this. It doesn't have to be that I'm talking to somebody who's a Italian mafioso who's looking to hurt the United States of America or commit a crime here. I just have to be talking to somebody. Well, good luck. The world's a big place. There's a lot of people now that travel. There's a lot of people that have companies overseas. You're talking to a, co- a colleague of yours in Iceland. 
You know, my wife does HR consulting for a company based in Iceland. So she's constantly talking to them over there. That's all you need. That just opens the door. Now you're talking to foreigners. And if somebody's coming here on a work visa or something and you're sponsoring them, well, all bets are off. Everything now is on the table for the government to review. All the communications. That provision of the bill seems to directly overrule the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which has repeatedly struck down attempts by federal officials to expand Section 702 surveillance to include greater scrutiny of immigrants. Lawmakers who might be skeptical of such a broad expansion of federal spying powers will have the chance to back a different bill on the House floor. While the House Intelligence Committee was drafting this bill last week, the House Judiciary Committee advanced its own FISA reauthorization measure entitled the Protect Liberty and End Warrantless Surveillance Act. As the name suggests, the Judiciary Committee proposal aims to curtail the abuse of Section 702 by requiring law enforcement to obtain a warrant before snooping through Americans' communications contained in the program's database. Good. You should have to go to a judge and you should have to get a warrant. You should have to explain why you need the warrant, what the probable cause is, and there you go. And you know the judge is probably going to give it to you, most likely. The bill would also prohibit law enforcement agencies from purchasing information that they normally need a warrant to access is a major loophole in the current FISA law. You know how every time you go online, if you don't use DuckDuckGo, and they're constantly, you get those little cookie messages? All that, all that data, everything you buy on the internet, everything you look at on the internet, all that stuff, somebody is compiling that and then selling it to somebody. Now, the government's argument is, well, if it's out there for sale in the public domain, we should have the ability to access it without a warrant. You know, this this notion that because they can see it in plain sight, that it'd be the exclusion to the warrant rule. No, that's not that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. You want information, you don't get to just go buy it. You're not you're not JC Penny looking to figure out who their customer base is going to be. You're the United States government. You don't get to just purchase that data. You want data on me, you don't get to buy it from Google. You go to a judge, you get a warrant, and you access the data accordingly. Because we have to have a higher standard for government than we do for third parties. If private sector companies want to buy my information and I'm dumb enough to be open on the internet where they can compile all this stuff about me, well, you know what? Knock yourself out. I'll get more magazine catalogs I won't look at, more stupid pop-up ads, fine, whatever. But it's not the government with all of its powers and ability to intimidate and harass and use those powers for political purposes. You have to keep the government constrained. And in order to keep the government constrained, you have to make the government follow the rules. It doesn't matter if they can easily access the information by buying it. The Constitution wants the government to get warrants before it has information on us, period. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson has promised to allow supporters of both bills to make their case on the House floor. It's an encouraging sign about how he intends to run the chamber and create an important moment. There's hardly ever been an open democratic debate about, in Congress about the post-9-11 surveillance state and said, indeed, some members of Congress and most of the general public likely wouldn't even know about it if not for Edward Snowden's leaks. It's long past time for that to happen and for lawmakers who think we need even more digital surveillance to put their names on the record for voters to decide. And Senator Mike Lee is exactly right about this point that he makes here. Warrantless backdoor searches. And he brings up, because he's a big history buff, and, you know, Mike Lee's written on the Constitution before, he brings up a number of different things here. 
He said, while the technology employed in these searches may be new, the issues surrounding it are not. In fact, they have been hundreds of years in the making. Just as Wilkes' story ended badly for King George III, our story will end badly for Congress if it reauthorizes FISA Section 702, even temporarily without fixing it. In 1763, John Wilkes, a member of the British Parliament, was arrested in his home, subjected to an aggressive search because he wrote and published number 45 of a periodical known as the North Britain. North Britain number 45 had infuriated King George III and his ministers because it called out their widespread and unlawful use of general warrants, official documents authorizing searches and seizures that were backed by neither evidence establishing probable cause nor a specific description of the intended target. In essence, General warrants purported to tell the king's officers, go search for evidence of a crime in any home or other place you might expect to find it and then seize it and bring it to me. This is the old, you show me the person, I'll show you the crime. Go find it for me. We know they've done something, go find it. Unwittingly, proving Wilkes' point, the king's men used general warrants to search his home and the homes of others suspected of participating in the publication of this document. After spending several days locked down in the Tower of London, Wilkes returned to his home to find it in complete disarray, with many items severely damaged and others missing altogether. Incensed by the injustice, he challenged the validity of the general warrant at issue and sued the officers who had conducted the search. Long story short, he won and was awarded a large sum of money as part of the victory. As word of his victorious efforts spread, his story quickly became famous on both sides of the Atlantic, leading ultimately to the adoption of the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution. The number 45, referring to the publication that had offended the king and sparked the entire episode, became became synonymous with John Wilkes and the cause of liberty in England and the American colonies. Indeed, one might say that 45 became the roll tide of those who wanted to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. And there were a number of patriots back then in Boston and other, other, other places who used Wilkes as their inspiration. Elsewhere in the colonies, he was honored by the naming of Wilkes County, Georgia, Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Even George III's own young children caught the Wilkes fever. They sometimes opened the door to their father's room and cried, Wilkes in number 45 forever, just to prank the king. As Senator Mike Lee says, John Wilkes would be shocked by FISA Section 702, which the FBI has used hundreds of thousands of times to spy on Americans without a warrant. There have been essentially no consequences for the agents and agencies who repeatedly violate the Fourth Amendment. As a lawmaker and an advocate of liberty, he'd be appalled that the United States Congress is preparing to reauthorize FISA Section 702 without a single reform. Congress is making the decision not on its own merits, but as part of a last-minute addition to the 3,000-page National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2024. Congress is obscuring its own indefensible actions by hiding this provision in a lengthy must-pass bill dealing with other far less controversial matters. Now, I am telling you right now, if you... Don't stand up against this right now. You will regret it. Senator Mike Lee concludes, warrantless backdoor searches of Americans' private electronic communications under FISA Section 702 are simply modern incarnations of the general warrants used by King George III 
Like general warrants, backdoor searches under FISA Section 702 are carried out without any of the safeguards created to protect life, liberty, and property from the kind of harm that an unrestrained government is uniquely capable of inflicting. Just as Wilkes' story ended badly for King George III, our story will end badly for Congress if it reauthorizes FISA 702, even temporarily, without fixing it. Well said. So well said. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in today. Listen, my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo would love to see you on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. You know, they have already had amazing, aggressive pricing and promotions at Cherry Hill Volvo. But now that they're doing a complete renovation, it's getting even better. And here's the best part. Right now, to make way for the construction equipment at their renovation, they're going to give you an extra $1,000 off brand new Volvos. An extra $2,000 off if you use Volvo Car Financing or Volvo Lease. You'll get an extra $7,500 on a rebate for a plug-in Volvo. It's a great time to go and a great time to see my friends Judith Krupnik and Yosef Cohen. They'll treat you right and you will have a luxury vehicle that you can enjoy. Believe me when I tell you, Volvos are very safe and stylish and luxurious. I know that when we go up to see my my wife's family after Christmas, up Christmas break and the Adirondacks, we're going to be grateful that the XC90 is just a safe car on those snowy mountain roads. Treat yourself this season to a beautiful Volvo. Whether it's new or certified pre-owned, Cherry Hill Volvo is the dealership that stands with us. Don't go to just any Volvo dealership. Go to Cherry Hill Volvo. Take advantage of an extra $1,000 off plus owner loyalty, an extra $2,000 off plus, (coughs) excuse me, uh, $2,000 off if you use Volvo car financing or leasing and $7,500 off a Volvo plug-in. What are you waiting for? Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All righty. Lots to chat about, lots to get to. Matt DeSantis, see if anybody from Italy calls, by the way, about my my, uh, Avanzani gas burner. Would you do that for me, please? (laughs) I'll keep an eye out on the phones. Giuseppe hand making this thing and taking freaking forever. I ordered this back in September. I ordered this thing in September, Matt DeSantis. Takes a while. A little empathy, please. Well, did, didn't you say he had one arm? Well, it's. I said it's it's uh, handmade. I said I am assuming the guy has one hand based oh, on how okay. long this is freaking taking. You know what I mean? Okay, I get you. I get what you're saying. Because <laughs> how long does it take to make a freaking burner? I don't know. It's probably high quality. It's why it takes time. It's very high quality, but come on. He come also, on. He also may be in high demand. The Avanzini gas burners for pizza ovens made in Italy certified, custom made for each oven. And uh, they go, scusi, yeah? How long is it going to take for me to get a, my, uh, my gas a burner? Uh, no, eh, uh, very soon. Uh, like um, uh, six to nine months. I mean, for a freaking burner, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They should Freaking Italians. send you some uh, high-quality Italian Coca-Cola uh, along with the burner as sort of like a, an apology for taking so long. Hey, they should do that. You're right. Not Coca-Cola, though, but something. Uh, maybe Gabagool. They've got good Coca-Cola. Maybe Gabagool or something, right? I'd take that, too. You'd take that, too. <laughs> the olive oil over there. Get some olive oil. Oh, it's the best. As long as you do it the right way. See, I, I always uh, I always try to buy Cento whenever I can because they get the real good stuff. You got to be careful, though. There's a lot of Fugazis out there, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a major difference in taste. Yeah, because the way it works is that you know, the mafia is involved in everything still. <laughs> so you go over to the guy and you go, are these San Marzano tomatoes? And the guy goes, uh, 
yeah. And how do you know? You know what I mean? <laughs> the giant paws should be the first indication that you're probably not getting the, the real San Marzano tomatoes. Yeah, the giant paws and then the uh, Frank Pantangeli <laughs> of, uh, yeah. Yeah, these tomatoes are San Marzano. San Marzano? Yeah, it's what I said. It's authentic. These olives are Italian olives, right? You didn't import them from Spain or Greece or anything like that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> They're uh, Italian uh, olives. Uh, I hand-picked them myself from the olive, tr- olive tree down there. Are they extra virgin? Yeah, I don't think anybody's had sex with these olives. I don't think anybody's done that. I don't think that that's what that means. That's repulsive. Um, <laughs> Definitely not buying olives from that guy. No, don't buy olives from that sicko. So will you, will you put the the proper label on it then? Yeah, let me, uh, what do you want, this certified? Uh, uh, Jimmy, give me a pen and a piece of paper. I'm going to certify these as authentic Italian virgin olives. <laughs> All the girls who picked these olives were virgins, by the way. I know that for a fact. I don't think that that's what I don't think that that's what extra virgin means. I don't I you know, again, I could be wrong, but I don't think so anyway. Uh all right, we got to talk more about Ukraine. Zelensky still wants a lot of money, obviously. He's got his his uh, his hats out, his hat in hand. Uh quick ch- uh, check in on social media courtesy of our friends from Cherry Hill Volvo where relationships do matter. So, Chris uh <clears throat> The greater Chris said, Rich, have you ever considered, based on the recent actions of America's intelligence agencies, that we are living in what some might consider a police state? Just casually pondering here. (laughs) Well said, Chris. He teases me because, of course, I've been saying this now for 10 freaking years. Longer, actually. Brother Patriot says, regarding people understanding and worrying over Section 702 FISA renewal, most Americans don't even know what it is or care as long as it doesn't affect them. The majority... Is fine with anything as long as they have a six-pack and the game is on. That's a fair point. Very, very true. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We will have a big 4 o'clock hour. I'll give you the latest. Also, protests in New York City outside the United Nations amid a ceasefire vote between Israel and and uh, Hamas. So I'll get to that as well. But Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health system for a reason. Cooper is there for you and your family every step of the way with more than 75 specialties, including advanced personalized cancer care through the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper. The Cooper Neurological Institute, where they are doing life-changing work on strokes, dementia, Alzheimer's, really incredible. And With over 75 specialties, including primary, pediatric, and advanced care, surgical care, uh, urgent care, Cooper is there for your family every step of the way. Visit them online at cooperhealth.org or get an appointment by calling 800-8-COOPER. Remember, the Zioli family, we trust our health care to Cooper. Reagan, baby Reagan, just had a double ear infection, and Bridget took her to Cooper Urgent Care. And of course, you know I had my surgery over the summer at Cooper. So we are a Cooper family, and you will be very happy with the great care of all the people involved at Cooper University Healthcare, cooperhealth.org. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT.
Free Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the Free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Zelensky's got the hat out looking for more money. Biden and Zelensky will have a press conference shortly. We'll bring some of it live for you because I really, 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 really am wondering if Joe Biden will take any questions on Hunter Biden. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Big story in Washington today, two things going on. Obviously, the Section 702 FISA Act renewal, which I spent most of the three o'clock hour on because it's very important. It's very important. You know, look, I'm all about radio being entertaining and, you know, I love a good laugh like the next guy. But at the end of the day, we have to be here to fight for liberty or we're just another we're just more people. We're just more voices in the in the ether. What has to separate us and the reason why we endure as other radio genres go dark is because we ultimately fight for this country and we fight for liberty and we fight for the constitution. That is job number one. Entertain you? Of course. Keep it interesting? Absolutely. But never get lost on why we're here. And from my perspective, I'm here behind this beautiful microphone because I have a job to do and that job is to fight to preserve your liberty and fight to preserve the constitution and those things drive talk radio. They really do. They drive this genre of radio. Not all radio is the same. It's like not all movies are the same. Not all shows are the same. Not all books are the same. There's different genres out there. You know, if you want to hear mindless yucks and, and, and mindless nonsense, you've got a plethora of choices out there for you. And you're probably there already. So I don't need to tell you. I'll be preaching to the choir. But obviously, you come to a show like this. You come to a station like this because you want something a little bit more... Um, sophisticated, I should say. Maybe that's not the right word for it, but certainly something that has a little more impact, a little more, you know, tooth, a little more meat on the bone, as they say. And that's why it's important that we don't just sit back and watch the government expand its police state powers. We have to speak out. We have to fight on it. Because sadly, this decision is going to be made by Republicans, And I am so tired, as I'm sure you are, of having Republicans expand the powers of the police state and then turn around and wonder how it is that the guy who is the GOP frontrunner could be facing federal charges. And how all these American citizens who who were at the Capitol on January 6th didn't even do anything nothing violent, nothing, are being treated like political prisoners, how people that just flew into the capital region on January 6, 2021, whether or not even went into the District of Columbia is irrelevant. You're being monitored, you're being tracked, you're in a database, you're on the naughty list, you're on the domestic violent extremist list. We've had it. Oh, enough of this stuff. But I've also had it about this, relent- this relentless Ukraine aid. I really have. I- I've-, I've had enough of this now. Here is um, this morning he came out of the White House and John Kirby, he spoke out this morning and basically reiterating what I've been saying all along, that this administration, they are going to give Ukraine money for as long as it takes. There is no end in sight. 
There's no calls for ceasefire. There's no telling them what to do. It's not like how we handle Israel. And the reason why is because Israel does not have receipts on our president. Our president is not a wholly owned subsidiary of Israel. So he can tell them what to do. He can make money conditional on things. Joe Biden is corrupt. And the corruption in Ukraine and Joe Biden is a perfect synchronicity. And Zelensky knows all about it. I mean, Biden's such an idiot. You know, he was bragging on, 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 on camera about getting that prosecutor fired. It's all there. It's all there for us. Zelensky's got the receipts. Here's what Kirby said this morning. Take a listen. Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications at the White House. Admiral, we appreciate your time this morning. I'm struck by the fact that President Biden has used five words repeatedly over the course of the last two years. When asked how long U.S. support for Ukraine will continue, he says, as long as it takes, over and over and over again. Was he wrong? No. In fact, that's still his intention, Phil. We want to be able to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Now, obviously, we'd all love this war to be over tomorrow, if it could be, in terms that are acceptable to the Ukrainian people. But Mr. Putin shows absolutely no desire in ending this war, sitting down and negotiating at all. In fact, quite the contrary. He's now attacking energy infrastructure with missiles and drones, trying to weaponize winter. And we know that his forces on the ground are trying to go on an offensive uh, in the east. So there's no indication that he's slowing down. If Ukraine stops fighting, that's the end of Ukraine. And none of us should be uh, willing to accept that outcome. So is there a plan B? You know, is there some executive action? He does not control the purse strings here. Is there some executive plan that he can kind of end run Congress here? We will support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Here is the president today in the Oval Office with Zelensky going on about how this will be a Christmas present to Vladimir Putin. Take a listen. Well, Mr. President, welcome back. Thank you so much. Welcome back to the White House. Thank you so much, Mr. And the Oval Office. And uh, it's great to be at your side once again. We're going to stay at your side. You know, we stand at a real inflection point in history. I know you and I have talked about this, where the decisions we make now are going to determine the future for decades to come, particularly in Europe. And this is one of those moments. Congress needs to pass a supplemental funding Ukraine before they break uh, the holiday recess, before they give Putin the greatest Christmas gift they could possibly give him. And uh, so because we've seen what happens when dictators don't pay the price for the damage and the death and the destruction they cause, and they keep going when no price is paid. The threats to America, to Europe, and the world only keep rising if we don't act. And I intend that we act. American people, Democrats and Republicans uh, alike, I think, understand this. And they understand the very real fight that's going on right now. In the winter, this winter, Putin plans once again to bombard Ukraine's electric grid, intends to, with rockets, uh, plunging families in the darkness in the coldest part of the year, and doing great damage. We can't and won't let him succeed. We mustn't let him succeed in that. Mr. President called on Congress to do the right thing, to stand with Ukraine, and to stand up for freedom. And I want to thank you for being here. You're going to help the cause, and I don't want you giving up hope. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Dear journalists, um, I'm really glad to be here at the White House today and share some very important messages. Thank you for the invitation, and I'd like to thank America and our partners for the support. And today, the special day, Really special day for Ukraine, Ukrainian people. It's a day of our land forces, almost 600,000 
are incredibly brave Ukrainian sons and daughters are on the battlefield and they were powerful. <laughs> this is their day and, and really they prove every day that Ukraine can win. And our forces are advancing and we have successfully defeated Russia in the Black Sea and Russia is hiding the remnants <coughs> of its naval fleet in remote base. And meanwhile, Ukraine has set up an expert corridor in the Black Sea that's really boosting our economy and global food security. Yesterday I met with the IMF and World Bank, and they impressed with the Ukraine's economic growth. All right, let's 5%. stop it there for a second here. Uh, Zelensky's making the case that they're winning. They're beating Russia. So this is the, this is the problem, which is that we keep hearing that if Ukraine doesn't win, then Russia's going to steamroll into Europe, but Russia can't even beat Ukraine. And is that, is, that, is that just because of all the money we're giving them? Or is it because we know that this war is really over and this is, a, this is just a gigantic money laundering operation at this point? What, what, what is it? Here's Senator, uh, this is, uh, let's see here now. I've got a couple senators here that I sent you, Matt DeSantis. I think I sent you, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, let's see. I have Did Langford, I send... if you Langford. want him. Did I send you Tommy Tur- Tur- Tuberville? I don't have Tuberville, no. All right. Tommy Tuberville made the point, that, that similar point that I just made, which is that Russia can't even defeat Ukraine. So how do we? why do we think that Russia is going to roll into Europe and be successful there? Why does everybody just assume that? Here is a clip. This is uh, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. He addressed the meeting that he had with Ukrainian President Zelensky I uh, spoke to reporters today after this uh, this meeting happened about the request for the new aid. Cut number one. Thank you all for being here. Uh, just had a good meeting with President Zelensky. I reiterated to him that we stand with him and against Putin's brutal invasion. Uh, the American people stand for freedom, and they're on the right side of this fight. I have asked the White House since the day that I was handed the gavel as speaker for clarity. We need a clear articulation of the strategy to allow Ukraine to win. And thus far, their responses have been insufficient. They have not provided us the clarity and the detail that we have requested over and over since literally 24 hours after I was handed the gavel as Speaker of the House. And so what the Biden administration seems to be asking for is billions of additional dollars with no appropriate oversight, no clear strategy to win, and and none of the answers that I think the American people are owed. I have also made very clear from day one that our first condition on any national security supplemental spending package is about our own national security first. Good. The border is an absolute catastrophe. And this is because of the policies of this White House and this administration. We had 12,000 illegal crossings on one day last week alone, on Wednesday. We have uh, almost now 280 known terrorists that have been apprehended at the border. None of this counts the gotaways. If you add the numbers up, it's almost 7 million people who have been encountered at the border just since President Biden took office and at least 2 million gotaways. This is twice the population of my state of Louisiana. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for Americans age 18 to 49 in this country. Fentanyl poisoning because it's allowed over the border. We have human trafficking and all the other terrible things. In the last three months, October, November, December alone, We've had more illegal crossings at the border than in any entire year during the Obama administration. The American people see this. They feel it acutely. They see all the terrible societal ills that come from this, and it must be addressed. So I've made this very clear, again, from the very beginning, when I was handed the gavel, 
We needed clarity on what we're doing in Ukraine and how we'll have proper oversight of the spending of precious taxpayer dollars and the American citizens. And we needed a transformative change at the border. Thus far, we've gotten neither. Uh, the Senate has been MIA on this. The House passed H.R. 2 six months ago, more than six months ago. It's been sitting and collecting dust on Chuck Schumer's desk. I have told him personally, I've told the National Security Advisor, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, that these are our conditions because these are the conditions of the American people. And we are resolute on that. It is not the House's issue right now. The issue is with the White House and the Senate. And I implore them to do their job because the time is urgent and we do want to do the right thing here. All right, but, 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 but. What do you mean we got to do the right thing here? What does that mean? Ultimately, what the speaker's saying here, I think, is that he's saying that that means we have to give Ukraine money. But why is that the right thing? That, why, is, why is that the right thing? I, I just see, This is the problem that I have. You want to do the right thing? Then, then and that's, that's your answer, is to give Ukraine a check? I told you this scam that was going to happen. I predicted this to you for you two weeks ago. My political prognostication powers, once again, smelling the fugazi, smelling the BS on what they're going to try to do, which is that they are going to use this as leverage to get some weak need immigration reform package, blah, blah. It's going to not do a damn thing to secure the border so that all these pro-Ukraine Republicans will be able to save face. That's what's happening. That's what we're watching play out. You can't deny that. That's literally what's happening right now. Matt, I sent you the clip of Senator Tommy Tuberville. This is what he said regarding uh, the issue of funding for Ukraine. Take a listen. Are you concerned that if there's no money, Ukraine could lose the war to Russia? Well, well that's always been a big possibility the whole time. I mean, I've, I've never thought they could win to begin with, especially the way that we eased into it. What are the implications that if Russia wins? Are you worried about the implications if Russia wins? Well, everybody keeps saying they're going to continue to go across Europe. I mean, they can't beat Ukraine on the eastern side. How are they going to continue to go the rest of the way through through Europe? I've never believed that scenario. I think it's uh, I think it's a good selling point to send more money. I think it's, so you're hearing it's the dev- very accurate that it's a good selling point to send more money. It is the, the fear-mongering of what Vladimir Putin's going to do. Remember something. If Vladimir Putin goes after a NATO member country, the United States of America is obligated under the treaty to defend that country. So we would. And Putin's not going to do that. And, he, and, and despite all these, these, the, the, these pleas here from people that Putin is the next Hitler, all these other countries in Europe, you know what they're doing? They're so worried about him taking over their country one day like Adolf Hitler did. They're buying his natural gas. Oh, yeah. France, which has great memories of the Nazis walking down the Champs de Elysees goose stepping down there they're buying putin's uh natural gas so does belgium belgium has some great memories from world war ii so does spain so spare me the nonsense (coughs) excuse me here is senator Rand paul on the floor of the senate today making the case about why this just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever take a listen but it's irresponsible to simply borrow more money to borrow the money from china Simply to send it to Ukraine makes no sense and makes us weaker, not stronger. But let's be honest. Most of Congress doesn't seem to care about the debt, doesn't seem to care how much money we shovel out the door and out of the country. Why? Because it's not their money. Every day, Milton Friedman's statement has proven correct that nobody 
spend somebody else's money as wisely as their own. I doubt the big spenders in Congress will ever consider spending any of their own money, but Americans across the land should sit up and notice and attach blame to these profligate spenders. But it's irresponsible to simply borrow more money. It is irresponsible. Yes, it's irresponsible to continue borrowing money. Yes, it's, he's right. He's absolutely right about this. I mean, come on here. You know, I, I, th- this, this notion that we have to get Ukraine this money immediately. He needs this aid quickly. Where's Europe? Where are all these other countries in Europe? This is the point that I've been making. If they're so worried that Putin is the next Hitler and he's going to roll over and steam into Europe and, and all these countries that have great memories of the goose-stepping Nazis going down their square and putting their flags up and destroying their, 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 their buildings and making political prisoners out of their people, why are they buying his natural gas? It's because they don't believe that. They don't believe that. Come on, please. But here's Schumer once again. Here's Chuck Schumer doing exactly what the president wants, doing his bidding, because Ukraine has the goods on Biden. He's a wholly owned subsidiary of Ukraine. And Schumer has to help his old buddy out because his old buddy's being extorted. And when you're being extorted, you need help. And the only way that it all stays quiet is if Ukraine gets everything that it needs. Cut two. It was a very powerful meeting. President Zelensky made it so clear how he needs help. But if he gets the help, he can win this war. And he outlined in some great detail, A, the kind of help he needs and how it will help him win. Even many of our Republican colleagues talked about we, we are winning this war. And if we get the help that if he gets the help he needs, he will win. On the other hand, he made it clear and we all made it clear that if we lose, Putin wins. And this will be very, very dangerous for the United States. So we cannot let Putin influence through any surrogate what is what we need to do for Ukraine. He also made one other point. He needs the aid quickly. If we don't give the aid quickly, several things will happen. First, the military needs. But second, Europe and many other allies will say, what is going on here? They're not getting they're not giving them the aid. Well, then make Europe give them the aid. If, everybody says, if Europe feels that way, if Europe is going to react that way, then make Europe give, the, give Ukraine the money. That's a very simple solution right there. If that's the answer, if Europe's going to turn around and they're going to think poorly of us, well, screw you, Europe, then you give them the money. It's your continent, not mine. And that's the, that's the argument that Chuck Schumer's making. Oh, Europe's going to be upset. Europe's not going to think highly of us. I could give a damn what Europe thinks of us at this moment. If Europe's so concerned about it, then let Europe pay for it. Last time I checked, the euro is worth more than the U.S. dollar is right now. Last time I checked, Europe's got a lot of cash. So why, why, why does this always come down on us? Why, why does this always come down on the United States of America? All this fear-mongering about Putin marching his way through all of Europe and then the blackmail that's, that's done by the president of the United States and everybody in this administration, which is give us the money now or your children will be fighting. Your children will be fighting Russian troops. It's a freaking scam is what it is. Europe's not only not giving money, they're buying Putin's natural gas. Come on already. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. By the way, it's an update about University of Pennsylvania. Uh, Harvard's president, I'll give you all that. And Saturday Night Live, everybody just hates the show now, which is fantastic because it's just really not funny. 
Well, they had it coming a long time ago. They stopped being just uh, the people that poke those in power, and they started being a tool that does nothing other than just make the left feel good. And that's why Saturday Night Live has gone down the tubes. I'll give you more on that as well. Listen, guys, Christmas is right around the corner. What are you getting her? You're running out of time here. It's already December 12th. What you need to do is get her the soft, silky, luxurious, comfortable, elegant-looking, naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com. That's what you need to do. They will wrap it for you. They will ship it for you. And she will be happy. Here's the best part. You order the naturally nude pajamas today from pajamagram.com, you are going to get a free matching nightie. $75 value, your gift for free. And she'll love it. You'll love how she looks in it. She'll love the comfort, and you will be a happy man. Just go to pajamagram.com right now, but this will sell out. They will sell out. They have a number of different colors and styles to choose from. It will sell out, though, so you need to go there now and order it today. She'll love how comfortable she feels. You'll love how beautiful she looks in the soft, supple, luxurious feel of the naturally nude pajamas only at pajamagram.com. Don't forget about the free $75 matching nighty. It's a $75 value, yours free, pajamagram.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. There's a lot of money talking, no doubt. Uh, so far on the show, just to recap, now that we're getting it, it's about 4.30. We're awaiting this Biden-Zelensky joint press conference. I want to remind you, Friday, we're going to be live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, for our Christmas spectacular. Make sure you join us for that, okay? It's going to be this coming Friday, 3 to 7 p.m., Hang out as long as you like. You can watch the whole show. You can watch part of it. The bar will be open. And you can also grab dinner at Hemingway's Restaurant after if you like. It's going to be a lot of fun. Live shows are always a blast. They go off the rails. They're unpredictable. And we have some great uh, surprises lined up, including some cool guests. So make sure you join us. It's our last show of the year. The Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. It's our last one of the year. And it's Christmas in Cape May. is absolutely beautiful. And you're going to love it. So make sure you come. Make sure you join us for that. All right? This coming Friday. I want to see you there. Now, so far, just to recap, I spent most of the first hour about the FISA Section 702 renewal and how antithetical it is to freedom, how it's going to strengthen the police state, give the government even more powers over you, and ultimately, it is, in fact, the general warrants that King George III used that led the framers of the Constitution to write the Fourth Amendment, to protect you from general warrants, which is why our warrants in this country under our Constitution have to be specific. 
because you heard about the case of the legislator at the time, a parliamentarian from the, uh, the UK, Wilkes, Wilkes Bar PA. Wilkes, he fought back against General Warrens and he won. And that inspired the patriots, inspired the colonists, inspired the founders and the framers of the Constitution. So we can't go back there. And you also learn that I, I hold a grudge. I'm still angry to this day that the freaking Brits burned down the White House in 1812. <laughs> I'm not letting it go. I refuse. I think it should be tit for tat. We should get to burn down, you know, where the one of the 18 mansions that the royal family owns. <laughs> tit for tat. Sorry. You burn one of mine, I burn two of yours. That's how it works. See, about DeSantis, you laugh, but I hold grudges. It's what Italians do. I, uh, might be exciting to see the Buckingham Palace burn or something. Yeah, you see that? That's be careful, the only... by the way. No, I'm just kidding. We don't want anything bad to happen to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> yeah, now Palace. you're going to be profiled. Yeah. Henry Storm in the Capitol on Friday. You're talking about burning down Buckingham Palace. What's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you people? Oh, man. I got the Italians calling me about my freaking Avanzini uh, burner. Giuseppe handcrafting this thing with his one Italian hand. Fugazi San Marzano tomatoes. I mean, it's, it's quite a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll get over them burning down the White House eventually. But it just it's very fresh in my mind. It's, it's very over, fresh. It's been over 200 years. And well, it's, it's going to take another 200 to get over it. Thank you, Henry. Yeah. Thank you. I can forgive, but I can't forget. All right? So that's why every Amen. time the royal family comes up in the news, I change the station. I don't care. You burn down the White House, you're dead to me. I'm sorry, but that's how it works. I think it's a reasonable standard. Maybe they sent us like Prince Harry as a, I don't know, an apology. Uh, I think I think Harry and Meghan have made everything worse, so maybe that's <laughs> that's even worse than burning down the White House. Is that possible? That's very possible. I, I don't think anybody likes them. No, definitely not. We learned that uh, the money laundering operation that is known as Ukraine funding, that is still going on right now as we speak, and they're trying to get more money for this. And we have impeachment against Joe Biden. So that's good news because they're going to move forward with this and they have to move forward with this because, again, the police state government that we have, a police state uses its federal law enforcement and national security powers to punish its political enemies, to intimidate the people and to protect its friends. And that's exactly what we've watched happen with the Biden crime family all these years. So now the House is moving forward to get to the bottom of everything surrounding the Biden's corruption. Now, I've told you this before. You watch what, what, the way the United States of America is handling the war between Israel and Hamas. We tell Israel what to do. We tie their, their arms behind their back. We make demands on them. With Ukraine, we don't tell Zelensky a damn thing. And we don't tell them that there's, the money's going to cut off. We don't tell them that there should be a ceasefire. We don't tell them there should be peace talks. Nothing. We don't tell him a word. Why? Because he has the receipts. That's why. Because everything about the Ukrainian corruption comes from the fact that, A, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. I think it's second only to Russia, as a matter of fact. It is not a democracy. And Zelensky's government, like the government before him, they're all corrupt. And Joe Biden went in there and got rid of a guy who was not corrupt, the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma, and he did that on behalf of his son. And he bragged about it. He's a dope. So all this needs to come out. All this has to happen. Then you have the whole China thing with all the Chinese money. You follow the Chinese money that lands back in Joe Biden's pockets as a form of a loan repayment. Come on. 
please. Enough already. Here's the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, discussing why they're going to move forward here. Cut number four. We're following the Constitution, and I've made this very clear. Remember, my background is constitutional law. I served on an impeachment defense team twice under President Trump. We developed, unfortunately, Elisa and I an expertise in this area. This is not something they really covered in law school. Uh, what you know about impeachment, if you look at the Constitution, is it's a heavy authority that's given to the House, specifically to the House. That's where the, the power lies. And next to the declaration of war, you've all heard me say many times, I think it may be the heaviest power that we have. It's very, very serious business. It has to be conducted in that way. The impeachment inquiry is necessary now, as, our, as Whip Emmer just explained, because we've come to this impasse where following the facts where they lead is hitting a stone wall because the White House is impeding that investigation now. They're not allowing witnesses to come forward and thousands of pages of documents. So we have no choice to fulfill our constitutional responsibility. We have to take the next step. We're not making a political decision. It's not. It's a legal decision. So people have feelings about it one way or the other. We can't prejudge the outcome. The Constitution does not permit us to do so. We have to follow the truth where it takes us. And that is exactly what we're going to do. And I'll note, too, I know that, that, that people are um, you know, frustrated sometimes with the, the time that's being invested in this. But this is the way the founders anticipated that something like this would go. There, there's no, there shouldn't be any such thing as a snap impeachment a sham impeachment like the Democrats did against President Trump. This is the opposite of that. And that's why people are getting restless because they want things to happen quickly. If you follow the Constitution and you do the right thing, you cannot rush it. You have to follow the facts. So, but you don't think there's an expectation by the base that, that you guys are, are going, I, again, I know all these <laughs> predicates and caveats here. There's not an expectation that your side is going to impeach the Chad, president because, Chad, because that's what they were elected in the majority. People for. have a lot of opinions and a lot of expectations on all sides. What we are bound to do because of our oath to the Constitution is to follow it, and that's what we're going to do. Next question. Yeah. And just to follow up on that, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. If you get into the spring and decide not to impeach the president based on the inquiry, you would be comfortable with that decision, essentially absolving him months before a presidential election? We're not not going to prejudge the outcome of this. We can't, because again, it's not a political calculation. We're following the law, and and we are the rule of law team, and I'm going to hold to that. That's my commitment. All right. Now, let's remember something. Biden is not going to be vindicated before the election. That's number one. Number two, Biden is not going to be the candidate, most likely, in my opinion. The United Nations General Assembly has voted overwhelmingly to demand a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. The United States led this push, by the way. The United States behind the scenes led this push because we tell Israel what to do. We'll give them money and tell them what to do. We'll give Ukraine money and tell them and not tell them what to do. Let them do whatever they want. You figure out the reason. You know why. I know why. You know this. I know this. And let me let, let me just make another point here with all this too. Everything we're talking about with regards to surveillance and the Constitution and the Fourth Amendment and everything, do you realize now that the special counsel, Jack Smith, investigating former President Donald Trump, has had access to his phone and his apps and his text messages and everything else. The government has the ability to get pretty much everything it wants on people, even former presidents. Jack Smith collected images, website visits, and usage data from Trump's cell phone. Think about that. The cell phone used by the President of the United States of America. And he has it now. And the latest court filing that Jack Smith, the special counsel, introduced 
Three expert witnesses he may call on during Trump's coming 2020 election trial in a court filing Monday, including one who extracted and processed data from the White House cell phones used by the defendant Trump and one other individual. Data reviewed by Smith's expert witness includes images and website visits along with phone usage around January 6, 2021. The expert also specifically identified the periods of time during which the defendant's phone was unlocked and the Twitter application was open on January 6th. Think of the massive power the government has to know everything about you at all times. And Republicans are going to give the government even more power under Section 702. The special prosecutor indicated he may call on two other expert witnesses. One witness plotted the location history data for Google accounts and devices associated with individuals who moved on January 6, 2021 from an area at or near the ellipse to an area encompassing the United States Capitol building. And another would testify about the location history data produced in response to a search warrant and included in the graphical representation by the other expert witnesses. As Julie Kelly put it, and I think she put it very, very well here on Twitter, she said, Jack Smith collected data off Trump's cell phones, including images and websites visited. And when Trump left his Twitter app open on January 6th, he is a sick individual who should immediately be defunded and investigated. Deranged is too kind, too kind. Exactly right. So knowing that the government has this massive power over all of us, even former presidents, and they use this massive power against former presidents, this is the guy who's the front runner for the Republican nomination, who's beating Joe Biden. You don't believe me? Let's turn to the khakis, shall we? Let us turn to Steve Kordaki's khakis. If you don't believe me that the former president of the United States is in fact beating Joe Biden right now, and that the government of the United States is persecuting the guy who's beating the president of the United States of America, then listen to the wisdom imparted by Steve Kornacki's khakis on MSNBC. Take a listen. Yeah, we're basically exactly, almost exactly 35 days, almost exactly a month until the Iowa caucuses. This, what we're going to show you, our brand new NBC News Des Moines Register poll. The Des Moines Register poll is taken by Ann Selzer. She is known as one of the best in the business and certainly the authority when it comes to polling on Iowa. So let me show you these numbers. Republican side for the Iowa caucuses. We now have Donald Trump leading with an outright majority in Iowa, 51 percent. Ron DeSantis, a very distant Second at 19, Nikki Haley 16, Ramaswamy and Christie at four. We last polled Iowa in October, also with the Des Moines Register. Since then, look at this Donald Trump's lead. He has added eight points to his total. DeSantis up a couple. Haley, who had been moving flat, uh, I think it's significant because in the month leading up to this poll, you had Ron DeSantis pick up the endorsement of the governor of Iowa, the endorsement of a key evangelical leader in Iowa. Got a lot of press attention for completing a 99-county tour of Iowa. Had a Fox News debate against Gavin Newsom in front of millions of Republican-leaning voters. And was part of that fourth Republican debate last week that Donald Trump wasn't in. So for all those things that we thought might be giving DeSantis a boost over the last month, it is Trump, despite not participating in the debates again, it's Trump who's made the big gains. Trump who's moved to 51% in this Iowa poll. And he is by far the Republican frontrunner. And don't forget, it's not that clip, but the clip I played for you of Steve Kornacki a week or two ago. At, for the first time now in the NBC News poll, Trump is beating Joe Biden in key swing states. So 
There, there you go. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in. We are waiting for a press conference with the President of the United States and Vladimir, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Zelensky from Ukraine. I'm going to take it because I'm really curious if the president's going to comment anything on Hunter. So we're going to monitor it, jump in and out, do all those things. Wait till you hear what Jonathan Turley has to say about Jack Smith and how he's obsessed with getting Trump. All right? I'm going to share that with you. Look, nobody wants to return a present. It is one of the most inconvenient things you have to do. You have to drive to a store or mail it, go to the UPS store, send it back, whatever it is. You don't want to do that. So don't give people things they're going to return. Give them things they're going to love. And you know what we all love? What unites us is our love of great food. And this is where Omaha Steaks comes in. Omaha Steaks, five generations of American food right in the heartland of the United States of America. Family owned and operated for five generations. And right now they've got 50% off site-wide going on. And when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout, you will get an extra $30 off your order. That's right. Get an extra $30 off your order at omahasteaks.com. Make sure you use my name, though, because there's other promotions out there. But we want them to know that I sent you. It helps the show, so please do that. You can choose from a variety of different options. I sent somebody a gift recently, and I did a little surf and turf for them. So I got these beautiful butcher's cut filet mignons. These are aged 28 days. Omaha Steaks ages their steaks 28 days because that really brings out the flavor in these amazing steaks. The low energy ones you get at the grocery store, probably not aged for 28 days. Just saying. And they've got all kinds of different packages. You could do surf and turf. You could do, they've got pork chops and beautiful steaks. They have the Omaha Steaks Reserve Collection. Easy to prepare comfort meals ready in a flash. So many ways to make everybody in your list happy. Think of your clients. Think of your boss. Think of your husband, your father, whoever. Or just load up the fridge yourself, load up the freezer yourself to make sure that when people stop by over the holidays, you always have something. From caramel apple tartlets to potatoes all gratin, Everybody loves delicious food. OmahaSteaks.com. Do it now and beat the holiday shipping rush. We're getting really close here to Christmas, so don't wait. Do it right now. When you check out, put in my name, Zioli. Get $30 off your order. OmahaSteaks.com. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, so we've got uh, this press conference, which might be underway soon, between Zelensky and Biden. We'll take some of it live for you. Uh, you know, if you're on, on Twitter, you probably know about Cat Turd. He is a, uh, or she, I don't know his exact uh, identity. Cat Turd is one of those people that anonymously posts things. But um, I, I assume Cat Turd's a guy, just based on the phrasing of this. Anyway, he said... So I was just swatted again during my podcast. The caller pretending to be me told the cops I had caught my wife in bed with someone, I'm not married, that I killed them both and was going to kill five more people. Or kill more people. Five cop cars rushed to the cat turd ranch. Everything has been diffused. Pets are okay. It's a miracle none ran out of the open gate. The call came from Miami and they're trying to track them down. Hopefully they'll catch this scumbag this time. You know, these... uh, these, these swatting incidents where these uh, psychopaths on the left do this. And then, of course, the cops respond, believing that you've got somebody who is heavily armed, uh, loose cannon, danger to them, danger to other people. And that is a recipe for absolute disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. Cop walks in and then 
sees something the wrong way, that and then guy's dead, you know? And now the cops got to live with that. You have, a, you have somebody who's shot by the police for no reason. Swatting is a very serious crime, and it's used far too often by these idiots on the left who uh, just don't care. I mean, they, they, they're, they're happy to send heavily armed SWAT teams to people's homes just for the fact that they just disagree with them politically. I mean, think about how sick that is, right? How freaking sick that is that they, they would do that. So as we await the press conference here with Joe Biden, Jonathan Turley yesterday, law professor Jonathan Turley, uh, he spoke last night about Jack Smith, or today in America Reports, excuse me, about Jack Smith. And he says that he's obsessed. He's obsessed with convicting former President Donald Trump before the 2024 election. He's obsessed with this. Cut number six. Well, it's not that this has never been attempted before, but it is not the regular order of things. He Smith had just filed, or this matter was just filed before the D.C. Circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he decided that he wanted to leapfrog over the Court of Appeals and go directly to the Supreme Court. The only reason for that is that he is uh, really focused entirely on trying Trump during this campaign and, po- and trying to convict him before the election. The question is about the Supreme Court's going to feel that that is such an urgent uh, priority uh, that you actually uh, bring this case before Super Tuesday. Uh, Usually the Supreme Court likes to hear from multiple court of appeals. They certainly want normally to hear from at least one on these issues. Mm -hmm. And so they may not have the same sense of priority as Smith, uh, who seems almost obsessed uh, with trying Trump before the election. Is there any other reason other than politics to want to do that? Well, there's a tactical reason. If Trump wins, he can pardon himself, and then Smith will never see a jury in this case. I mean, so if if Trump uh, does prevail in the election, if he's not convicted at that point, he can Mm. give himself a preemptory uh, pardon. He doesn't have to wait for the trial. That's correct. He does not. He does not have to wait for the trial. Jack Smith is obsessed. There's no question about it. He's obsessed with getting Trump. He is. And he's not going to stop. The, the entire strategy now, and I talked to, to John Yu about this yesterday. If you missed the interview with Philadelphia's own professor, John Yu, please take a listen to the podcast. It's really, it, it was excellent. It was very informative, very insightful, as John Yu always is. And the point that he kept making is, this is all about keeping Trump off the ballot. See, what they want to do is they want to start this trial in March 2024. Donald Trump on trial for being a traitor to the United States of America, an insurrectionist. I predict more charges are coming. I think they're going to ultimately charge him with facilitating an insurrection, whatever the legal statute of that is, because they want to make the case that he's ineligible to serve under the 14th Amendment, Section 3. Now, he's not. It doesn't apply to him. It doesn't apply to presidents. It applies to senators and members of, of the House, and it applies to electors of the president and electors of the vice president and officers of the United States, cabinet members and the like. It does specifically does not mention the president for a reason. So ultimately, I think the Supreme Court of the United States will reject that that claim, but that doesn't mean they're not going to try. This is everything they're trying to do right now, just to go after Trump and then try to keep him from being on the ballot because his lead is so substantial right now. And the argument that you keep hearing from the Republican establishment right now as the governor of New Hampshire, Sununu, comes out and backs Nikki Haley, and the establishment keeps turning around and saying, we, Trump can't win because he's going to be on trial. 
Trump can't win because he's going to be on trial. Look, if you don't want to vote for Trump because you don't support him, you don't like his policies, whatever it is, that's okay. You're welcome to do that. I don't have a problem with that. But here's what I have a problem with. If you let the government get away with intimidating a political candidate, if you, if you let the government get away with this and you change your vote because you believe that this trial is going to hurt him politically and that's going to hurt the chances of winning the White House, then they've already won. They've already won. And I don't like that argument. I don't like this argument that says that if, if you don't abandon Trump, you're going to lose because he's going to be on trial and the government's going after him and they're not going to stop and they're not going to relent. That is not an excuse for you to lose your support of that guy. If you don't like his policies on something, if you like somebody else's policies better, that's okay. You're allowed. It's a free country. But if you turn around and you say, I am not going to support him because of this trial or the other trials or anything, then the government's already won. The government has already proven that just by going after someone politically, they can destroy them. They can defeat them. You can, you can have a political assassination without firing a single shot. A political assassination without firing a single shot. So no, we're not going to play that game. Absolutely not. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. 30 minutes of nonstop talk straight ahead for you as we get ready for our next and final live show at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. We're going to be there on Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Live show. I want to see you there. We'll be in the fifth floor ballroom overlooking the ocean. The bar will be open. There'll be lots of camaraderie and fun and we'll have a great time together so please come out and join us friday you don't want to miss the last live show of the year if you haven't been to one yet you're definitely missing out and if you have been to one come back it's a lot of fun you can stay for as long as you like you'll meet your fellow zioli army members there'll be some surprises and the grand hotel always rolls out the red carpet for us with their hospitality so i'll see you friday this coming friday december 15th grand hotel cape may i'll see you there don't go away Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Media Matters for America, a vile, vile leftist organization. Now there's an investigation into them by the Attorney General of Missouri. Elon Musk calls them a vile organization. That's because they are. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being part of the show. Always do. Never take it for granted. We're also awaiting now this potential press conference with the President of the United States and with Zelensky. So we shall see. Here is uh, I want to play. I want to play this uh, this little clip for you. This is Elon Musk talking about Media Matters for America. What Elon Musk? What what Media Matters did here? And just just to kind of explain this a little bit your twitter feed what you see on the platform known as x used to be twitter what you see is really dependent upon what you look for like so for example matt desantis is currently searching for how to get the best first class flight 
that will just hover over the area so we can write a term paper, right? That's what you're looking on Twitter right now? That is not moment. true. Henry's looking on ways to evade the Capitol Police on Friday when he goes to D.C. No, no. You don't don't say this stuff because you're you're going to be SOL with producers, man. There's going to be so I many know. white vans outside of his home today. Yeah, yeah. The florist van, the plumber van, the uh, <laughs> all they're waiting for when he got home. <laughs> you're going to be fine. It's clearly satire protected by the porn movie <laughs> case, the porn movie case, the porn guy case, uh, Falwell and. Hustler, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not big on constitutional uh, law. But anyway, here comes uh, Biden and Zelensky. Let's uh, jump in and take a listen to this as we are going to be shaken down again for more cash for this guy. Take a listen. And Zelensky now holding a joint news conference at the White House. Let's listen. When President Putin launched his brutal total invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022 and Russian tanks rolled over border toward Kyiv, there were those who thought Ukraine wouldn't survive for a month. So no one, no one should forget that for you to be here today, again today, nearly two years later, and for Ukraine to be stand strong and free is an enormous victory already. Putin has failed, failed his effort to subjugate Ukraine. The brave people of Ukraine have defied Putin's will at every turn backed by the strong and unwavering support of the United States and our allies and partners of more than 50 nations, 50 nations in Europe and the Indo-Pacific. And Ukraine will emerge from this war proud, free, and firmly rooted in the West unless we walk away. The American people can be and should be incredibly proud of the part they played in supporting Ukraine's success. We'll continue to supply Ukraine with critical weapons and equipment as long as we can, including $200 million I just approved today in a critical needed equipment, additional air defense interceptors, artillery, and ammunition. But without supplemental funding, we're rapidly coming to an end of our ability to help Ukraine respond to the urgent operational demands that it has. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. The United States and Congress must, as I asked last week, and it's stunning that we've gotten to this point. You know, we need to fully appreciate, fully appreciate how it's wrong, how this is being viewed around the world and being used by Russia. Russian loyalists in Moscow celebrated when when Republicans voted to block Ukraine's aid last week. The host of a Kremlin-run show literally said, and I quote, well done, Republicans. That's good for us, end of quote. Let me say that again. This host of a Kremlin-run show said, well done, Republicans. That's good for us. That's a Russian speaking. If you're being celebrated by Russian propagandists, it might be time to rethink what you're doing. History, history will judge harshly those who turn their back on freedom's cause. Today, Ukraine's freedom is on the line. But if we don't stop Putin, it will endanger the freedom of everyone almost everywhere. Here we go. Putin will keep going. There you go. And would-be aggressors everywhere will be emboldened to try to take what they can by force. Mr. President, 
I'll not walk away from Ukraine, and neither will the American people. You can't. People. They own you. A clear bipartisan majority of people across the United States and in Congress support your country. They understand, as I do, that Ukraine's success and its ability to deter aggression in the future are vital to security for the world at large. And I have repeatedly made clear from our first day in office, we also need Ukraine to make changes to fix the broken immigration system here. We also need Congress to make the changes to fix the broken immigration he system here at home. Can we get My a guest reader in here, a celebrity reader Democrats like they did Dr. Day? To try to find a bipartisan compromise, both in terms of changes in policy and provide the resources we need to secure the border. Compromise is how democracy works, and I'm ready and offered compromise already. Holding Ukraine funding hostage in an attempt to force through an extreme Republican partisan agenda on the border is not oh. how it works. We need How dare Republicans demand a secure border? How dare they? I also ask Congress for funding for Israel to take on Hamas and confront multiple other threats backed by Iran in the wake of the October 7th assault. National Security Advisor Sullivan will travel to the region this week and meet with the Israeli War Cabinet, as I have met with, to emphasize our commitment to Israel, as well as the need to protect civilian life and ensure more humanitarian assistance flows and reaches into Gaza for Palestinian civilians. Secretary Austin will also travel to the region this week to step up the international Where do we have the, the money? Has anybody ever asked where does money come from? We borrow from China. Sea. That's what we do. Let's the entire borrow. world is watching what we do. So let's show them who we are. America stands for freedom today, tomorrow, and always. America stands against tyranny and against oppression. And America stands with the people of Ukraine. Thank you again for being here today, Mr. President, and thank you for everything Ukraine is doing to hold the line for liberty in the world. And thank you for yours, not Mr. bringing the President. receipts of all my corruption with you. Keep them in your desk in Kiev. Thank you very much, Mr. President, dear journalists. I'm glad to be here and personally thank you and tell you how Ukraine values what we've achieved together, defending life and freedom. In Ukraine, we are fighting for our country and freedom, and also in Europe, we say for our freedom and yours. And this motto resonates not only in our country. Where is Europe? Why is not Europe not doing more? Hearts, not only in Ukraine, but also in Poland and Baltic states, Moldova and others. When freedom is strong in one country, it is strong everywhere. When it burns in one soul, it presents its merits to, to others. Ukrainians have twice, Ukrainians have twice led revolutions this century, defending freedom. For nearly two years, we have been in a full-scale war, the biggest, the biggest since World War II, fighting for freedom. We stand firm, no matter what Putin tries, he hasn't won any victories. Thanks to Ukraine's success, success in defense, other European nations are safe from the Russian aggression, unlike in the past. Ukraine can now tackle the Russian dictatorship, so our children and other nations 
one have to shed their blood and sacrifice lives defending against Russian aggression. We've already made significant progress. We've shown that our courage and partnership are stronger than any Russian hostility. And we've freed 50% of the territories Russia occupied after February 24th. And we won the Black Sea and are reviving our economy thanks to maritime exports. Ukraine's 5% economic growth this year proves our effective partnership. And we've shown no, no Russian missiles can overdo the powerful American Patriot systems. Thank you very much. And even during war, we are reforming our country and strengthening our our institutions. Oh, you're Today, a, President Biden and I discussed how to Russia. increase our well, strength. I'm only keeping this because I want to hear if Biden's going to take the air questions. defense and destroying Russian out. logistics on Ukraine's land. Mr. President, thank you very much for your supporting, supporting us. And in these areas, like our victory in the Black Sea, we aim to win the air battle, crashing Russian air dominance. This will this will intensify our ground advances in 2024 with our control of the skies. Who controls the skies controls the war's duration. And today I would like to thank, of course, for yet another significant defense package with our $200 million dollars the value just gave very much. Did it all on its own. Second, Military yesterday I met with American, American defense company leaders. They advised us oh, on how to make our defense industries work faster and more effectively. The defense Thank industrial you, President Biden, for this important this initiative. War. We started with you. Together, Ukraine and America can strengthen democracy's arsenal. And this is vital for other free nations and the U.S. as it involves your companies, technologies, and technology advancement and job creation. And it is important to know that two-thirds of American support for Ukraine remains and works in the United States. Third, I informed Mr. President that Ukraine has fulfilled all the recommendations of the European Commission regarding the preparation for a decision to start negotiations on Ukraine's accession to the uh, EU. And we constantly communicate with European leaders about our joint steps, sanctions, and political efforts to pressure Russia. American leadership is crucial, is keeping this unity together, a unity that serves the entire free world. And I thank America for new sanctions, and today we discussed Putin's further isolation and making him pay for his aggression. It's very important that by the end of this year we can send very strong signal of our unity to the aggressor this is all and the about unity of Ukraine, America, Europe, the entire free world. giving them world. cover. But remember Everything what Biden said, he's not going to go with their extreme Republican agenda the regarding immigration. Translation, you're not getting a secure border. Congress, you're not getting it. Give the money, 
shut your we mouth and sit down. We are very productive. We'll do something on immigration. You can go home to your constituents and say, you want to pass Ukraine funding, but you had to. And you got this blah, 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 useless immigration law change. It's going to be struck down by the courts anyway. The border will not be secure. Greatest. And you hear now Zelensky say that they're beating back on Russia. Europe is 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 safe. Well then, what do you need us for? Prolonged war. We dream of a Christmas in the peace time, of course, and we are working to turn our battlefield success into peace. And we are heading there together with you. And thanks, of course, to your support. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you, America. Slava Ukraine. Thank you. Look, uh, we're going to alternate asking questions. We're going to ask a total of each ask two questions. And I will ask the first question. Uh, I will ask. I will recognize the first question asker. <laughs> I'll ask a question, though. But um, uh, right, what, what pre-screen question are you going to take here, Biden? Um, thank you, Mr. President. Um, for President Biden, um, Ukraine's counteroffensive has, uh, has stalled in recent months. Uh, Congress is blocking aid, uh, and Vladimir Putin appears ready to just wait things out. Um, so what is the strategy for the U.S. and Ukraine next year to try and turn this, uh, turn this around? And if that fails, uh, at what point do you say to Ukraine, as a friend, uh, that it is perhaps time to start looking at peace talks? And for President Zelensky, um, welcome back to Washington. Um, can I ask you, did you uh, hear what you wanted to hear from Congress and from President Biden? Um, and, uh, or are you indeed more worried than when you got here? Thank you very much. Well, let me uh, answer the question first. Let's put this in perspective. Remember how far Ukraine has come. Russia has failed, failed us far in trying to erase Ukraine from the map and uh, subsume it into Russia. Ukraine has taken back more than 50% of its territory seized since February of 22. So what do we need? And Why do we pushed back Russian, we need us for Russian Navy so Ukraine can export grain and steel to the world through the Black Sea. The grain that we're paying thanks for, thanks to by the way. incredible courage of the Ukrainian people and the bipartisan yeah, support from Congress. Yeah, he's reading off cards. Exactly right. But it's not just American support. The, the, this is a, a press 50 countries helping Ukraine. The question was pre-screened. The reporter was pre-selected. Biden's got the answers right there. The he's literally reading the, the answers from cue cards. Billion dollars. Index and cards. Our allies and partners have put up $100 billion. And more than 90% of our security assistance to Ukraine is being spent in the United States to provide weapons for Ukraine and replenish our stockpiles and build our industrial base. Make the military-industrial complex very happy. continues to fail Swamp's in Ukraine eat. and Ukraine to succeed. And the best way for that to, to do that is to pass the supplemental. Yeah. Yeah, get an answer in Ukrainian. Ask about Hunter Biden's corruption in Ukraine. What did uh, he advise Burisma on with all his energy? And where did he find time to advise Burisma, considering that he was doing blow with hookers? Uh, about successes. I think that uh, these were not easy successes. Nonetheless, they were quite serious. They were serious steps forward. Indeed, we gained victory on the sea. We destroyed ships of the Russian Federation. We throw 
the remnants of their fleet to Russian territorial waters. Yes, they uh, have something uh, in the Black Sea uh, in the vicinity of our temporarily occupied Crimea, but we are going to proceed this activity. Our guys destroyed 20,000 of Wagner mercenaries. These are serious terrorists who were massing everywhere on African continent, in Syria, in Ukraine. There were a lot of mass and nucleus of this terroristic organization is not existing anymore. Yes, we had a lot of uh, problems, but nonetheless we were able to do this. Moreover, Russia were not able to seize uh, any part of our territory, any village, any town. I'm not talking about large cities. And we are going to proceed with this. It is good without saying that we have objective, we have clear plan. Where are the but pictures? Where's me, the evidence? I am not able to you ever wonder that? How come? Uh, on the details. Uh, you remember Vietnam? Every night they had a count of the number of troops who died. They had updates all day long about the war in Vietnam. Back then we only have three networks covering it. Where are all the pictures of Ukraine's success? Where, is, where are the pictures of all the, the dead bodies? Where are the pictures of Russian troops being pushed back by U Ukraine? Even the New York Times is calling out Biden's response. Quote, as Biden answers a question about Ukraine's struggling counteroffensive, he looks down frequently at what appears to be a prepared answer. The White House was ready for this question. That is from the far right-wing New York Times. Oh, thank you for taking my question. Dmitry Anopchenko, Ukrainian television U.S. correspondent. Uh, many uh, Republican voices doubt the ability of Ukraine to win the war. Uh, Center once uh, recently even told that Ukraine need to cede some territories to stop war. fighting. Pane Volodymyr, uh, to be very honest, how about that? How about a ceasefire to stop fighting? Such how about a step that? To cede win. the territories to stop fighting. And Mr. Biden, could you please clarify the policy and of your administration, the strategy of your administration on Ukraine? Is it about helping the country to defend itself or to win the war? Because it's obviously such a difference. I will begin. Okay. So, first question to me. So, uh, your question is if we are ready to give up our territories? Hmm. The question is not only about our words or thoughts. The question is about for what we are ready and for what we are not. How Ukraine is able to give up its territories? That's insane, to be honest. We are mentioning God very often. That's not about Christianity. We have our people there. We have our families there. We have children there. That's a part of Ukrainian society. And we are talking about human beings. They are being under tortures, they are being raped, and they are being killed. And those voices which offers to give up our territories, they offers as well to give up our people. That's not a matter of territory, that's a matter of lives, of families, of children, of their histories. I don't know whose idea it is. But I have a question to these people, if they are ready to give up their children to terrorists. I think no. So no concessions. win the war. And uh, as I've said before, winning means Ukraine is a sovereign, independent nation. 
and uh, that can afford to defend itself today and deter further aggression. That's our objective. Uh, Trevor Reuters. Reuters. Thank you, sir. Um, first, a question for both of you. Um, given the Republican skepticism of the Ukraine effort, do you worry that a second term for President Trump would be the uh, end of an independent Ukraine? That's for both of you. And then for you, uh, President Biden, um, just an update, if you could, on the, the situation in Gaza, uh, on the reports that Israel has begun flooding Hamas tunnels, um, and just the, the offensive in southern Gaza generally, how long do you think that operation should last? Thank you. First of all, with regard to uh, political support for Ukraine, there is a strong bipartisan political support for Ukraine. Small number of Republicans who don't want to support Ukraine, but uh, they don't speak for the how majority. How about the American people? How about Republican voters? We're in negotiations <clears throat> to get funding we need, not to promise, yep. uh, not, not making reading, promises, but hopefully we can answer. get there. I think we can. And you're right. The world's watching what we do. Would you send a horrible message to an aggressor and allies if we walked away at this time? And it would hurt our national security. And you want me to answer the other question as well? You don't remember here. what it is, though, but flip your card. It's right there. The answer's right there next Say it again. It's the other car. Sorry, so the, the question was just um, if you could talk a little bit about the Gaza operation, Israel flooding Hamas tunnels, and if you've had conversations it's the pink with card. Uh, Read the answer on the pink card. How long that operation should last? Well, I have had conversations with Bibi Netanyahu, and, uh, and uh, I want to make sure that uh, we don't forget. Uh, what we're doing here. We have to support Israel because they're an independent nation that's being, I mean, the brutality, the inhumanity, the way in which Hamas treated the Israelis, and I mean, raping and burning and beheading. I mean, it's just, it's just beyond comparison, beyond comparison. And uh, to anything else that I've seen since I've been here and I've been around for a long time, but I think that uh, we have made it clear to the Israelis, and they're aware, that the, independent, the, the safety of innocent Palestinians is still of great concern. And so the actions they're taking must be consistent with attempting to do everything possible to prevent innocent Palestinian civilians from being, being hurt, murdered, killed, lost, etc. And uh, look, um, it doesn't uh, lessen the responsibility going after Hamas to innocent Palestinians and, and, uh, and Hamas. Uh, look, we have responsibility to protect citizens and ensure they have access to humanitarian assistance. That's why I've worked so hard with our Arab friends as well as the Israelis to get humanitarian assistance into Israel, literally getting up to 140 trucks loaded with gear, loaded with food, loaded with everything that is needed by the Palestinians, including fuel. So, you know, Israel has stated its intent to fulfill these responsibilities. That's very difficult. With regard to the flooding of the tunnels, uh, I'm not well. There is assertions being made that there's quite sure there are no hostages in any of these tunnels. 
but I don't know that for a fact. I do know that, though, every civilian death is an absolute tragedy, and Israel stated its intent, as I said, to uh, to match its, uh, its words with uh, its intent with word with actions. That's why uh, that's why I was that's what I was talking about today. Let, let me just uh, make a couple observations here. They asked Zelensky another question. Uh, first of all, two two points I want to mention. Uh, let's see here on Twitter. Dave C., for God's sake, we don't need Rich's running commentary during a live news event. Just shut your pie hole for once. Jeesh, what has the station devolved to? Here's the thing. My show, my rules. If I want to talk over this, I'm talking over this. <laughs> you don't like it, go back to NPR where you belong, all right? Your commentary is what makes it unique. They could listen to the press conference via any outlet. Exactly. Thank you. And Fred's sister-in-law said, "I'm thank God Rich is talking over the Biden presser. Otherwise, I'd just scream. Exactly. <laughs> so Diane says, I can't stand to hear his voice, meaning the president's. As the press conference, uh, he'll only answer questions he has the answer written down for. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. We're getting pre-packaged questions, and the answers are all there as well. Let's see if this report is going to ask anything better. Anniversary NATO summit, summit in Washington, D.C., which raises a lot of hope, especially for Ukraine. Uh, President Zelensky, uh, nah, is, what uh, does the Ukrainian Ukraine. side expect? I want to know if Peter Ducey is going to get a question. If any, if any member of the press is going to ask him about the charges against his son. Remember now, this is the first opportunity the President of the United States of America has had with the press corps. This is why I wanted to take this live. And I know these are frustrating. This is, it's frustrating. It really is. It's frustrating to listen to this nonsense. But this is the first time the president of the United States of America has had the ability to answer questions since his son has been hit with these new federal indictments. Okay? The House of Representatives today announced that they are moving forward with an impeachment inquiry into the president. If the press corps was allowed to actually ask questions, this is what they'd be asking. This is a show. This is a Fugazi show. Times yours on Twitter says your commentary effing sucks. Well, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. It's only going to make me keep doing it, though. That's something these idiots don't understand. If you call me out because you don't like it, I'm going to keep doing it. I like that guy. Went he kind of got straight to the point. He didn't beat around the bush or anything. No, he's just like your commentary effing sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, pal. NPR, just go right over to it. I don't care if you don't listen. It's probably safer. You probably have a lot of road rage anyway right now because of my commentary. My commentary is awesome. I love my commentary. So good, isn't it? <laughs> Biden and Zelensky are not taking questions from the press. They're taking pre-packaged pro-Ukraine questions that are not actually asking the significant questions that people want to know. And we're not having any conversations right now uh, from the press about the political issues surrounding Joe Biden and corruption. And let's not forget something. What Hunter Biden's been indicted for has everything to do with Ukraine. Do you realize that? Do you realize the iron it's over now? He's just walking away. That's it. They're not a sing everything was pre-screened, every answer was pre-written. This was a show. We just you just sat through a show right there. Do you understand that? I mean, I know you understand this. This is a rhetorical question, but do you understand that the indictment against Hunter Biden 
is about Ukrainian corruption. Think about this now. The president of the United States of America is standing up there. His son's been indicted regarding hiding his money and taxes that he earned on income regarding his work for Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. He's been indicted by a federal grand jury in California. This is the first opportunity that the president of the United States has had to address it. And nobody in the press corps would be allowed to ask that question. Not one. It has everything to do with what we're watching right now take place with that press conference. Everything we have we're watching has to do with Ukraine. And the fact that there is now an indictment of his son for money he made with Burisma and Joe Biden was out there bragging about getting that prosecutor fired in Ukraine. And now the House Republicans are launching an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden and the connections here between Hunter and his son. And guess what? Nobody in the press corps is allowed to ask that. Nobody. 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 Forgotten Man 2022 says, Rich, keep up your commentary. I don't want to hear Stumbles McBumble F. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Mr. and Mrs. Nobody says, keep talking over it, please. Damn right. Marcus Aurelius says, I like Rich's running commentary at the press conference, but then again, I like the smell of bus fumes. That's fair. <laughs> It's fair. Your commentary uh, commentary is very bifurcating. It's, I got to quickly look up that word, but I think you're right. <laughs> you prices very times yours. It's a divisive issue. It's a very divisive. Yes, it, I think more people. Well, it's always a question of do we like Matt DeSantis's giggle or not? That's also the most controversial question. And then do we like my my running commentary over this sham of a press conference? <laughs> more divisive than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, it's like sports. It's like a, a, a sports play-by-play commentary, right? Kind of the yeah, same thing, a right? A little bit. You, you were letting you were letting the game play out, and you were uh, filling in the gaps. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, you're letting the crowd uh, <laughs> kind of fuel it. See, my friend Debbie texted me, and she said, "Frank and I say keep the commentary coming. It's like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Good, that good. I like that. It's good." My friend said, I'm effing dying. My show, my rules. You tell him, Rich. Tell the snowflakes to F off. Well, I just, yeah, I, I did. I don't care. Go back to NPR. Nobody's going to miss you. It's all right. So the Zioli Army will be just fine without you. But thank you for listening. I mean that. Thank you for listening. You hate me and you listen. Touch. I'm touched. I really am. I'm touched. Makes me so happy. Uh, from Karun Demirjian of the New York Times... The far right wing New York Times, as Zelensky and Biden addressed the public, said negotiators claim to have made progress toward a deal on funding Ukraine's war while stepping up domestic border security. We made substantive, substantive progress at Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona after closed door meetings with Senate negotiators and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, as well as staffers or Senate leaders in the White House. Senator Chris Murphy uh, Democrat idiot of Connecticut also told reporters that, quote, we made progress toward a deal. So I'm telling you what's going to happen. And no question, you're going to get some Fugazi watered down immigration asylum law change. Nothing will actually improve border security whatsoever. And that will give Republicans cover to support this nonsense. Eric the Red says, we definitely need the drop of Rich saying, go back to NPR where you belong. Can we grab that drop? It's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I'll pick it up. Thank you, Henry, very much. Uh, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in. Well, listen, I appreciate those who stand with me. 
And Emmons Roofing and Siding, there's no better example. For six years, they helped us with our old home from everything from the roof to windows, doors, siding, kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Emmons does it all. They are truly your one-stop shop in our region. And they serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. If you have a shore house, you know winter's brutal on those, uh, on those shore homes. Get your roof inspected now. Emmons will give you a free inspection. They'll never tell you you need a new roof if you don't. But if you do, you will be thrilled with the work they do. You'll be impressed by how competitive their pricing is. And you'll have a lifetime warranty on that roof. And Emmons is in the remodeling business. And in our, our, our previous home, they remodeled our bathroom, remodeled our kitchen. They did outstanding work. Bridget was thrilled with the work. And that's that that makes me happy. I'm, I'm good. And they're already doing stuff in my new house. They replaced some skylights. Uh, we're getting a new storm door. It's good stuff. I keep using Emmons because their work is always exceptional. Matt and his wife, Stephanie, pride themselves on giving you wonderful service at a great price. So reach out to them today by going to emmonsroofing.com. You can see their remodeling work at either the Emmons Remodeling Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, or go to emmonsremodeling.com. But think about getting your kitchen and bathroom remodeled through Emmons. Think about getting that roof replaced with Emmons. Windows, doors, siding, even solar, it's all there for you with the company that I use and trust at my home and used and trusted at the previous home. That's emmonsroofing.com, E-M-M-O-N-S, emmonsroofing.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. The controversy over my talking over the press conference continues to blow up on social media. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, some people telling me to invoke Elon Musk and go F myself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very nice. Thank you. And uh, why is Rich talking over everything Irk said? Well, as Trump once said, go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. And Chris Eppolito pointing something out, but that one guy who said my commentary effing sucks, he's actually still a fringe member of the Zioli army since he's obviously dropping F-bombs. You know what I mean? So I get it. I hear you. MAGA MAGA man says, Rich, your commentary is what's needed to make that moron president exposed to everyone that's listening to this press conference. I would say sham of a press conference. I would have no idea what's going on when I'm listening to the radio of what his strategy is. He isn't so thank you. You're welcome. And Tom Hoskins, Fugazi presser, ask him this. President Zelensky, being you're so good at defending your border, would you like Alejandro Mayorkas' job to protect the southern border? Well said. This checking uh, checking in on social media brought to you by our friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter. We appreciate it. And uh, we hope you visit them and support them. Anne-Marie, now invoking another controversy, probably the single most controversial thing about this program. Rich, keep talking. I want to hear DeSantis is giggling. Can't get enough of you guys over our sham of a president. Well, thank you, Anne-Marie. I think you've just combined both, <laughs> both areas of controversy. My talking over Biden's rambling sham of a press conference and DeSantis's giggle, and you added it all together, and you got the double endorsement right there. Well done. <laughs> well played, Anne-Marie. Well played. <laughs> So much controversy. Ah, uh, yes. I'm shocked. See that? 
again, I don't understand. If people didn't want to hear your commentary, why did they come to this station, to your show, as their source for, for that press conference? That conference was everywhere. You could have tuned in to any other uh, outlet, and you could have heard it without the Zioli commentary. Exactly. Thank you. And literally, my job is to comment on things four hours a day, five days a week, most of the time. That's literally my job. I'm, I'm a, I comment on things. It's what I do. So if, you, if you're listening to something and I'm commenting on it, that's my job is to comment. What do I do? Turn over the press conference and like walk away for half an hour and go shopping? No, I'm going to weigh in on it in real time, give you the real time analysis that most people will be saying tomorrow. I just gave it to you live right there. You didn't have to miss a thing. But what a sham. And and Henry, I don't know. if Did you say it on the air? Or did you say it in my headphones? I, I was saying was in reading? your ear. You said it in my ear? Yeah. Yeah, so Henry actually made the observation, and, and Matt had texted me. I w- was watching this and that Biden was reading all the answers. I mean, all the answers were there on cards. If you weren't watching it, you can't, you'd miss it. If you listen to him... You can hear that he's reading the way that he's he's like j- just the style of how he's communicating. It's clear he's not thinking on his feet here. Uh, but if you watched it, it's even worse because he, he moves his hands around on the podium to find the card that probably says, you know, answer number two. They got to make it as simple as possible for him, obviously. So they so answer number two and big, bright. I just can't believe he didn't read that. Well, he did lose his place at one point. I, I don't know if you noticed, but he uh, he asked one of the reporters to repeat the question, and it looked as though he was shuffling through his cards. Yeah, right? Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, Cards for all two questions. We'll be accepting two questions here. And then we'll write up the answers for you. And this is question one and question two. I just can't believe Biden didn't stand up and go, uh, question two. So the question. Oh, man. Amazing. What a sham. I The press corps is dying to add. There are actually reporters there who want to ask about Hunter Biden, and they should. These are legitimate questions to ask. Mr. President, here's a question that I would ask. Ready? I'll invoke my inner Peter Ducey here. Mr. President, you're standing up here asking the American people to give more money to Ukraine. Your son has just been indicted on tax charges that he failed to pay income on money he received from a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. You called for the prosecutor who was investigating that energy company to be fired, and you threatened to withhold $1 billion of U.S. aid if that prosecutor was not fired. Are, are you, do you not see how people have questions regarding your son's role in Ukraine and your own role, Mr. President, in Ukraine, as today the House Speaker announced that they are going to pursue impeachment proceedings against you regarding these financial crimes. There you go, right there. Why don't you ask President Zelensky while he's sitting right up there to, uh, to, to let us know that you and Hunter and everybody else did, did nothing wrong? Oh, he'll happily say that. I mean, Zelensky would happily say that if it meant more money. That's what this whole thing's about. This is called a shakedown. It's a shakedown. The entire Ukraine money laundering operation is a shakedown. And I'll tell you who's behind it, too. This is General Dwight Eisenhower, farewell address when he warned about the military industrial complex. How many times did you hear, and this was done deliberately, very deliberately, did you hear the president of the United States and the president of Ukraine point out how many American defense weapons are being used in this war. They, they did that multiple times, and there's a reason for that. Because the military-industrial complex is making a lot of money on this war. 
One of the reasons why they tried to stop Donald Trump from becoming president is that he, unlike Republicans past, came out and said the Iraq war was a disaster. The war on terror needs to end. No new wars. They wanted to stop him for that. I told him this in the Oval Office. I told you the story. I said to him, this is the reason why they want to get you out because you're not giving them new wars and they want to stop him from getting in there again. Now, one reporter's question, which was interesting, which, which said, would a second term for Trump mean the end of an independent Ukraine? That's how it was phrased. Mean the end of an independent Ukraine. That's how it was phrased. See, the people in the military industrial complex who were all making money selling their weapons to Ukraine being purchased by American tax dollars. This subsidy, it's a giant, I mean, it's a giant subsidy to the swamp, if you think about it, right? It's our money buying our weapons to send to Ukraine or giving Ukraine the money to buy our weapons. You, you understand how profitable war is, you know this, and you understand what a threat Donald Trump represents to these people because if you cut off this Ukraine war, if you stop it, if you demand negotiations, if you demand a, a, a peace agreement, ceasefire, anything like that, a whole lot of people are going to get a lot less rich. And I tell you all the time, my number one Zioli axiom is always follow the money. Follow the Fazuls. And you can see where it is. It's going to all the military contractors, and then it's going to Ukraine. And it's a gigantic funnel that's happening. And the swamp, they've got to eat. And they've got to eat. And that's the thing. That's what we're watching happen right here. I mean, he was so blatant about it. So blatant about the fact that all these American defense contractors are supplying these weapons to Ukraine. They're not doing it on their, they're not doing it to be nice. They're not just sending weapons over like, uh, like, uh, like stakes. They're getting paid to do it. Big sums of money, big sums of cash, American cash. And the point that's being made there is this is an investment in America. Because most of these weapons come from the United States of America. So if you feel like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be sending money overseas, feel good about it. Because the money is being used to buy American products. American products of war, but American products nonetheless. So you're, it's a jobs creation thing. It's, a, it's, more, it's, more, uh, it's about American jobs and American manufacturing. Look at it that way. Don't look at it like it's, it's no end in sight, funding a war that Ukraine cannot win, that this is going to go on forever and that America is going to be mired in this. Don't look at it that way. Look at it as this is a way to enhance American manufacturing of the defense industrial complex, the military industrial complex. That's why Biden said it. That's why Zelensky said it. Deliberately. And this is also what these, these weasel Republicans need to be able to go back and say, well, I didn't want to vote to keep funding Ukraine, but the good news is um, uh, most of the weapons come from our uh, defense contractors. So, you know, look at it like it's a reinvestment in, in, in our country as we send $100 billion to Ukraine. It's really, we're really reinvesting in America at the same time. Guys, people make me sick. They really do. They think we're so stupid. They think we can't see through this. And maybe people can't. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm here. Maybe that's why God put me here because I can see through this crap. And I, it's so obvious, isn't it? It's so obvious, the pandering. Really is. And some, some mealy-mouthed little wuss neocon Republican is going to go out there tonight and, and that's exactly what they're going to say. Well, our defense industry, as you know, is uh, very important to America, jobs and commerce, and and, uh, this money is uh, going to them. These are American weapons we're using here, so I feel good about that, but that money will be used, put for that purpose, and I'm okay with that. Uh, 
just nauseating and no end in sight no timeline, no restrictions on the money, no oversight of the money, and no idea what the end game is. None whatsoever. And we're just supposed to keep going along with this. Meanwhile, the president's son is facing federal indictment over not paying his taxes with money he made from Ukraine. And that's happening right now as we speak, playing out in real time. And that money is connected to the president of the United States, who's standing up there with the president of Ukraine, one of the most corrupt countries in the history of corruption. Like if New Jersey was a country, it'd be Ukraine. And he's standing up there with him. And we're all supposed to pretend like none of this is happening when it comes to Hunter Biden and the money he made in Ukraine. And that, how that money connected to Joe Biden. And how Joe Biden threatened to have the prosecutor, demanded the prosecutor be fired. Threatened to withhold a billion dollars in American aid. An extortion plot. You mentioned extortion. Again, I'll have your legs broken. An extortion plot against Ukraine for the purposes of helping his son and then get, get paid himself. And this all happened time-wise after that dinner meeting in Washington, D.C. in Georgetown at Cafe Milano and subsequent phone calls. And it's all right there, but the American press corps can't ask those things. And they put up with this crap. You know what the press should have done? What they should have done was they should have walked out of the freaking room. If they're gonna, if they're gonna, if we're gonna play this game where we're we're communist China and we're not gonna allow actually freedom of the press, because that's what you just watch. You watch an, an unfreedom of the press conference right there. Press didn't have freedom to ask whatever questions they wanted. They were pre scripted questions with pre-scripted answers for the president and the press corps was not allowed to deviate from that it was a limited time it was not open-ended and that was that that was a show that entire thing was a show to push ukraine funding period that's it because they know that if they actually just turned it over to questions uh they would not be asking about ukraine right now and if they did, they'd be asking about the context of Ukraine vis-a-vis Hunter Biden and the indictment and the Republicans' moves today to continue down the road of impeaching this president, of looking into an impeachment inquiry regarding the president's financial crimes when he was the vice president of the United States and said to Ukraine, either you fire this prosecutor or I'm going home. And they said, well, you're not the president. And I looked at him and I said, call him. And well, son of a B, they fire the prosecutor. He threatened to withhold a billion dollars from these people, a billion dollars of our money, if they didn't fire the prosecutor, was investigating Burisma. Hunter Biden at the time, mind you, at the time, was high as a kite, having orgies and doing cocaine and all kinds of graphic sex videos and pictures that are on that laptop. He wasn't really consulting for Ukraine. He doesn't have any energy expertise to offer, A. This was entirely about getting money to Joe Biden so that Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States of America, could use the influence, since he had Ukraine as his portfolio, to get this prosecutor away from Burisma. But we're supposed to stand here and pretend like this is this is not happening in our country. And the American press corps has no freedom because they come to a White House press briefing and they're not, they're not allowed to actually ask, ask any questions. Those people that you saw ask questions, they were actors. They might as well have been actors paid to do a job today. Here's the question you're going to ask the president. And then here's the note card, sir, for you to read the answer and not even pretend. Not even pretend. Right? Not even pretend like you're thinking on your feet. You're not even going to, you just read it. Just read it straight ahead. And what I want to know is, why can't we get a celebrity reader up there? Again, Dr. Seuss Day, 
I try to go to my kid's school, read a book. You know what I mean? Can't we just get a celebrity reader just to get up there and say, and now this portion of the press conference will be handled by, I don't know, James Earl Jones. Is he still alive? He can come out there and answer the questions. If you're just reading, can't we get somebody with a better ability to read? Who would be a good guest reader, you think? James Earl Jones would be great. If you He'd could be get great, him. right? I think he's 92. Mm-hmm. LeVar Burton. Who? LeVar Burton. Who's that? Uh, I mean, I know him best from like reading Rainbow, but he was on uh, Star Trek. I don't, I'm not familiar oh. with Star Trek, but he was one of the characters on that show. He'd probably do it. He's super political now, I think. Yeah. How about we get Brian Cranston? I mean, he's got a great voice. He could literally read it as Walter White. The guy from Malcolm in the Middle? <laughs> and and, and, uh, and a sh- uh, shtickle of fluoride. What was it? A, uh, maybe it was a dentist in Seinfeld? Uh, Tim Watley. <laughs> Tim Watley. <laughs> But Cranston's got a great voice. He'd be a great reader, and he could he could he could l- look at it and say, "And you know my name, Putin." And then everybody could be like, "Is it, you know, Oppenheimer?" He'd be like, "Damn right it is." Or what was his name on the show? No, uh, Heisenberg. Say, say my, my name. name, Heisenberg. You're damn right. And then just drop the mic and walk off. And people are like, "All right, we're definitely giving Ukraine money now." That was awesome. <laughs> Morgan Freeman might be his best bet. I feel like everybody loves Morgan Freeman. Well, but his voice is a little overused, don't you think? No way. It never gets old. He's got the best voice. You think so? I think so. Him and him and James Earl Jones. Those are, for my money, you can't beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I'm just uh, saying the point being that if we have to sit through this bad show, can we at least get good actors? You know what I mean? I I got one. J.K. Simmons. Oh, very good. Yes. Excellent voice. And can we get some better looking reporters? Like, I mean, if I got to sit through this, can we get some like hotties, you know what I mean? To stand up and ask some questions. Like if we're going to do just a show, can we at least get attractive people and people that can read? I don't think I'm asking for too much. I don't know. Those, those two things don't usually overlap. Reading and being hot. What? No, I'm saying you get the, the no, no, no. The reporters could be hot and ask oh, the questions. Okay, okay, okay. The celebrity readers don't have to be hot, Henry. They can just read the answers. Okay. So at least we'll get we'll get an entertaining read. You know, like we can have Al Pacino come out here and be like, "Whoa, Russia, they're bad." You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. All right. Whoa, give them more money. I like. I would be just that would make me happy. Hey, we're going to get hosed and we're going to get played and this is just nothing more than a sham show. Then at least make it freaking entertaining. All right, please. All right, listen, we got a big fourth and final hour coming up for you. A lot to get to, including the latest on all this nonsense and uh, the latest on the Biden impeachment too as Republicans move in that direction. But I'll tell you something. It's really important that you think about giving her something she's going to love this Christmas season. And of course, I'm talking about the naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com. These are beautiful. These are stylish, luxurious, extremely comfortable. She's going to love them. And you're going to love how she looks in them. And right now, naturally nude pajamas has a very special offer for you, a free matching naturally nude nightie to go along with the pajamas. So it's a $75 value. It's yours free when you go to pajamagram.com pajamagram.com and order her the naturally new pajamas. She'll love how she feels in them. You'll love how she looks in them. And you'll love the fact that they'll wrap it for you and ship it for you right away. So you will avoid the Christmas rush, which is very soon, by the way, we're, we're, we're really getting in it here. And 
Another thing, too, which is an important point to know, is that they sell out every year. So you don't want to wait. You want to make sure you order today by going to pajamagram.com. Pajamagram.com and order her the, the soft, supple luxury of the naturally new pajamas. So comfortable, it's like wearing nothing at all. She'll look beautiful in them. And you get the free matching $75 nightie. Bridget loves hers. Your wife will love hers. Your girlfriend, they're just, they're just great. That's why they sell out. That's why it's such high quality, and it's why you don't want to miss out on ordering her something that's going to make her happy and make you happy at the same time. Naturally New Pajamas, pajamagram.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Ford Motor Company is going to slash its planned production of the all-electric F-150 pickup truck. They're going to slash it in half, citing changing market demands as the green scam blows up. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Busy day today after this press conference with Biden and Zelensky. Thank you for being here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It really wasn't not a press conference as I've been going on about. It was a sham. It was a it was a staged performance designed to allow Biden and Zelensky unfettered access to make all of their points. I don't know what the hell you even bothered having the press the press there for. Just give speeches then. But it was a joke and nothing about Hunter Biden and nothing about this. Now, the border talks. So, again, let me tell you what's really happening here. You and I both know we need a secure border. You know this, and I know this. And right now, the President of the United States is saying that extreme Republicans are holding up Ukraine funding because how dare they demand that the United States of America have a secure border? The nerve of these people. How dare they demand that we have a secure border if we're going to give money to another country to secure their border? How dare these Republicans? And this is the problem. This is the issue, is that Republicans are not going to get border security. They're going to get immigration reform. And I guarantee you whatever comes out is going to be what the Democrats want, and Republicans are going to get nothing. And they're going to, they're going to play along with this, this, this sham. That's what's going to happen. It's a sham is really what it is. You know that. And I know it too. And, it, and I told you this weeks ago, I said, the minute that they started bringing up the entire thing about the border, I told you this is going to be disappointing to us. But you have to give these, these weaselly little Republicans cover. And these people are not willing to die on the hill over this. They're not. They are, they are so afraid. They, they don't understand what you and I know. People don't want this Ukraine funding anymore. Why the hell do you think Trump is winning? Trump is crushing it in the primary right now over Nikki Haley, who is all in on Ukraine funding. All in. And the Republican establishment is all in on Nikki Haley. They've decided now that she's the golden child. DeSantis can't win. So they're all behind her now. And she's got the new endorsement of the governor of New Hampshire today. Another another moderate Republican. The, The establishment wants her. Why? Because she's all in on this perpetual Ukraine funding. But think of where the Republican voters are. 
I, am, I, I played Steve Kornacki earlier. I don't normally play cuts twice, but this is worth it. This is Kornacki talking about Trump's gains in Iowa as we are now 35 days away from the first in the nation, Iowa caucus and the primaries and everything else. This stuff is really going to start happening very, very quickly. And Trump's lead is, is, is insurmountable at this point, which is why they're trying to stop him in court. But just ask yourself, if Ukraine funding was so popular with the Republican base, why the hell does Trump have such a lead? Why? Why? Take a listen. It's exactly 35 days, almost I think a month until the Iowa caucuses. This what we're going to show you, our brand new NBC News Des Moines Register poll. The Des Moines Register poll is taken by Ann Selzer. She is known as one of the best in the business and certainly the authority when it comes to polling on Iowa. So let me show you these numbers. Republican side for the Iowa caucuses. We now have Donald Trump leading with an outright majority in Iowa, 51 percent. Ron DeSantis, a very distant second at 19. Nikki Haley, 16. Ron Swami and Christie at four. We last polled Iowa in October, also with the Des Moines Register. Since then, look at this Donald Trump's lead. He has added eight points to his total. DeSantis up a couple. Haley, who had been moving flat. Uh, I think it's significant because in the month leading up to this poll, you had Ron DeSantis pick up the endorsement of the governor of Iowa, the endorsement of a key evangelical leader in Iowa, got a lot of press attention for completing a 99-county tour of Iowa, had a Fox News debate against Gavin Newsom in front of millions of Republican-leaning voters, and was part of that fourth Republican debate last week that Donald Trump wasn't in. So for all those things that we thought might be giving DeSantis a boost over the last month, it is Trump, despite not participating in the debates again, it's Trump who's made the big gains. Trump who's moved to 51% in this Iowa poll. Just a couple other numbers we can show you behind this. These are evangelical voters in Iowa. Remember, Donald Trump finished third with this group in 2016 when he ran in Iowa and lost. Now he leads it overwhelmingly. Exact same number as what he gets overall. Evangelicals could make up two out of every three caucus goers. Yeah. This is, let me tell you the latest polls here that I have here, my formerly pangolin-stained fingers. Real clear politics, average of polling today, Tuesday, December 12th. 2024 Republican presidential nomination, Reuters Ipsos poll. Trump 61. DeSantis 11. Haley 11. Ramaswamy 5. Christie 2. Asshat Hutchins at uh, statistically insignificant. And Doug Burgum too. I mispronounced his name at the Santa. Yeah, I think you mispronounced it. Yeah, as at Hutchinson. Closer, but Uh, Trump is up fifty. That's a fifty-point spread. All right. So this isn't. You know, I mean, again, this is not a situation where I turn around and say, "Yeah, I'm going to get some DeSantis supporter who's going to come after me." Don't come after me. I'm just. I'm sharing the data with you. The Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus, Trump is up 32 in that NBC News poll you heard Kornacki going on about. In the South Carolina Republican primary, Trump's at 49, Haley's at 23. He's up 26 points over the former governor of South Carolina. I don't know what else to tell you. I've also heard theories that, like, uh, I have a great, a, a wonderful guy that I, I just, uh, I think the world of who had this crazy political point that if all Nikki Haley has to do is just drag Trump to the more moderate states and she can win there. Let me share California with you. In the California Republican presidential primary, 
Trump has a 43-point lead over Nikki Haley in California. Trump's at 56. DeSantis is at 12. Haley's at 13. And the others are all in very low single digits. Trump's up 43 in California. So if her goal here is, I'm going to survive long enough to take him one-on-one, one-on-one in California, even if all those other guys get out of the race, he still wins. I mean, I'm no math guy, but just do the math. All right, Matt DeSantis, since you're... Add up these numbers for me. You got a calculator? Oh, sorry, or just use that yeah, Harvard brain of yours? I'll, I'll do my best. All right, what's 12 plus 13 plus 5 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 0 for Asset Hutchins? I think 36. Okay, 36. Now, so that means if all the other candidates in the race get out of the race and there's one candidate and they get, and then they all support that candidate, 36%. Trump's at 56%. Now, I'm no math guy, but I think that's more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me get my calculator. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm right. It is more. Fifty-six yeah. is more than thirty-six. Uh, hold on. Let me double check. Just yeah. Good. Quick. Uh, quick. Run on. of the numbers. We want to give out uh, false information yeah. here. Uh, yes. Yeah. It is more. Okay. Good. <laughs> see that? That's California. You see, I, I mean, I've been saying this race is over for how long now? This is, it's just political reality. I deal in the real world. I deal in the real world, not the world I want to live in, not the world where pizza doesn't make me fat if I eat it three times a day. I deal in the real world. I'm a realist. I get it. I see it. I mean, I'm a poet and an artist too, but I'm also a realist and I see it. These numbers are the numbers. These numbers don't lie. These leads are so insurmountable that you can't, Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis can't even steal California from Trump. Republican primary in California, Trump still wins by 20 freaking points. It's not even close. It's not even close. And he wants to end this Ukraine nonsense. So what does that tell you about where the voters are? Nikki Haley's all in. DeSantis has said multiple things, kind of been all over the place on this. Trump has been adamant. This war ends when I'm president. This, this war is over on day one. He's been adamant about it. So ask yourself where the Republican base is. Where is the Republican base? Not the establishment, not the people that run the place, but the actual voters. Let's take Michigan. The Michigan Republican presidential primary. Michigan is a must-win state. Trump has a 43-point lead. So again, even if all the other candidates got out of the race and they backed one person, Trump still wins by double digits. He's at 58%. He can't lose this primary. It's a political impossibility. And I know that it's very rare that I ever say in politics that something is impossible because politics is the art of the possible. But these numbers, there is no, there is no way anyone can beat these numbers. Something would have to happen to Trump that, that's an externality to cause any of this to change, meaning he gets hit by a bus or an asteroid or something like that. You said he's even leading in Florida, Matt. You have those numbers? Yeah, according to the real clear politics polling averages, he is beating Ron DeSantis in Florida. Um, the latest poll had him up 40. Up 40 points in Florida. Yeah, 60% to 20%. The last time DeSantis actually led um, was in February. <laughs> That was a hypothetical poll, I guess, they they took back in February. Ouch. 
North Carolina Republican primary. Trump's at 63. 50-point lead. Even if all the other candidates got out of the race, even if Haley and DeSantis formed an alliance and and you still, you don't even come close to beating him in North Carolina. These are not, I'm not, I'm not giving you fake numbers here. I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you the reality check, which is the point though that I'm making. Republican primary voters do not want this Ukraine war to continue. They do not want this money, this money laundering operation scam to continue going on. The Republican primary is over. It's over. Trump won. Trump is the de facto Republican nominee. You don't have to like that, but you have to accept reality. Gravity is a B if you try to go against it. There are, there are just certain political forces that you just have to accept. There is no math. There's no scenario where Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis become the nominee, short of Trump dying. Because even if Trump is incarcerated, it's not going to change this. This is happening right now when Trump is under uh, federal indictment, which is ratcheting up very, very quickly. He's in court in New York. He's, he's being charged in Georgia. It's not like all that hasn't come out yet. It's all come out and people say, I don't care. I'm still voting for him. And the only argument that the Republican establishment has is that he can't win the general election. Yeah, but nobody believes that either. Because when you look at the national polls, Trump is beating Biden. Now, he's not beating Biden by as much as, say, Haley is or DeSantis is, but he's still beating him. And the reason for that is, I'll tell you exactly what the reason is. Here, here's what it is. People are lying to pollsters again when it comes to that hypothetical matchup. Republican primary voters are not lying. They're telling the truth because they support Trump. They want everybody to know it. So they're not hiding from that fact. In the, in the general election, however, in the general election, it's a very different story. You got another state for me, Matt DeSantis? I don't, but I could find That's one. That's all right. Want to hear Virginia? I got Virginia. Sure. What do you got in Virginia? All right, let me give you Virginia here. They talk about Glenn, uh, Glenn Youngkin possibly jumping in the race, right? Maybe he will jump in and maybe he'll save the day. Trump's at 51%. He's got a 37-point lead in the Virginia Republican presidential primary. Jeez, that's with Youngkin included in that poll, too. That's with Youngkin included in that poll at 10. So let's do some quick math, shall we? What's 14 plus 10? Plus 10. 24, 34. Plus 3. Uh, 37. Plus 2. That would be 39. Okay, Trump's at 68. I'm sorry, in that poll, I'm sorry. Trump's at uh, 51. So 51 to 39, you said? Yeah. And that's with Glenn Youngkin in the race. Mm-hmm. So so let's say Glenn Youngkin's the nominee in Virginia, or I mean, he's the, he's the one left standing in Virginia. Trump still beats him by over 10 points. Oh, let me double check the math. Yeah, you're right. It is more. It is more. I have to check these things. I'm not a math guy. So my, so my point is that this is where the Republican electorate is, is at. And the other point, too, is that the, the reason why the special counsel is coming after him is because when voters are asked a question about Donald Trump, they lie to pollsters because they don't want to admit that they're going to vote for Trump. But when they're asked about another candidate, they tell the pollster the truth because they think it's okay and they don't want Biden again. But that same voter still doesn't want Joe Biden. Nothing has changed about that. Nothing about that has changed. These voters don't want Biden. 
Biden is losing and Trump is going to be the nominee. And the only chance they have to stop him, the only chance they have right now to stop him is if they find a way to bar him from being on the ballot because being incarcerated is not going to stop him. Being found guilty is not going to is not going to stop him. Nothing is going to stop him. He's an unstoppable political force. You don't have to like it, but you got to accept reality here. You have to accept reality because reality is a very, very stubborn thing. And so that's why the special counsel, Jack Smith, is coming after him with such intensity now looking at his phone, looking at the apps and the text messages and everything else around January 6th, and why he is hell-bent on getting him. Once again, here's Jonathan Turley. I'll play this clip again. I don't normally do this, but I think it's worth it because it backs up the point that I'm making, which, as usual, is an incredibly poignant political point. Cut number six. Well, it's not that this has never been attempted before, but it is not the regular order of things. He Smith had just filed, or this matter was just filed before the D.C. Circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he decided that he wanted to leapfrog over the Court of Appeals and go directly to the Supreme Court. The only reason for that is that he is uh, really focused entirely on trying Trump during this campaign and, po- and trying to convict him before the election. The question is whether the Supreme Court's going to feel that that is such an urgent uh, priority uh, that you actually uh, bring this case before Super Tuesday. Uh, usually the Supreme Court likes to hear from multiple court of appeals. They certainly want normally to hear from at least one on these issues. Mm-hmm. And so they may not have the same sense of priority as Smith, uh, who seems almost obsessed uh, with trying Trump before the election. Is there any other reason other than politics to want to do that? Well, there's a tactical reason. If Trump wins, he can pardon himself, and then Smith will never see a jury in this case. I mean, so if if Trump uh, does prevail in the election, if he's not convicted at that point, he can Mm. give himself a preemptory uh, pardon. He doesn't have to wait for the trial. Understand what's happening here. But for every one of these wussy little mealy mouth little neocon Republican establishment types, the people in the Republican Party do not stand with you on funding Ukraine. They don't want this to continue. And you're not going to make them happy if you put together some weak ass border secure immigration reform package that has nothing to do with the border and you're not going to get the cover you need. I'm telling you right now. If you think that's going to give you the political cover with the Republican base, you are wrong. You are wrong. To hear Mitch McConnell stand up there, that dinosaur, and freeze in place on the Senate floor and talk about how we have to get Ukraine this money, this is a relic of what the Republican primary voters want. And it's not even close. It's not even close. If every single other candidate got out of the race tomorrow and they all back Nikki Haley, Trump still beats her Double digits, double digits. And I know that there are people listening who may say, well, Rich, I don't think you're being fair because then it'd be a one-on-one battle and a one-on-one contest and people would say, no. It's, the fact is Trump's support has only increased. As the government has gone after him, his support has gone up. As the other opponents in the race have gone after him, his support has gone up. Their support has plummeted. And you talk about surges of some of these other Republican candidates, what, two, two points? Statistically ne- negligible, statistically uh, completely useless, two points? And all this money, all this money that's spent? 
So let's not fool ourselves here. This The Republican primary is, is over. It was over a long time ago. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in today on a very, very busy show. My buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend of the show and the master of dental implants, VenariaDental.com. How about this Christmas you give yourself something, the gift of a beautiful smile, a smile that's going to light up the room, something you deserve. You know, the thing about Dr. Mike is that he's a great guy. He puts the care of his patients first and foremost, and he's going to make sure you have a wonderful experience. That's why people travel from all over for the great work of Dr. Mike Venaria. They travel because they know he's the best, like Mama Zioli, who comes up from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And people come from Pennsylvania, and they come from all Texas, California. He's got patients everywhere. Two offices to serve you, Cinnaminson and Woodbury. Pain-free root canal treatment if necessary. It's available. Uh, cosmetic dentistry. Everything that Dr. Mike does is the absolute best. Even our buddy Nick Kale went to see him. He had a problem with, I think, grinding his teeth or something. Dr. Mike took care of him for it as well. That's the beautiful part about Dr. Mike Venaria. It's a care-forward, care-driven dental practice. You have a lot of these chain dental offices out there. These chain dental offices, you have to understand, these places, they are about making the bottom line because they've got big, big overhead. Dr. Mike is about care. That's why for decades, he has been the dentist that people call. And for 10 years in a row, he's been regarded as one of the absolute best in South Jersey the best in South Jersey. So don't wait. Get yourself a wonderful gift. Give yourself the gift of a smile. If you've had a, a an estimate for dental work, complicated dental work like dental implants, get a second opinion. Reach out to him today. Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, venariadental.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, it is Tuesday night. We are approaching the final portion of the show. I want to see a Friday in Cape May, okay? It's going to be our last and final live show of the year. Uh, Matt DeSanct, the Traitorist, will be there. We'll have a lot of fun. The bar will be open, and your fellow Zilli Army members will be together. It'll be an enjoyable night, so make sure you come out for that, okay? Uh, last and final show of the year. This is it, Friday night, Grand Hotel of Cape May. It's Christmas time in Cape May. It's a beautiful time to be there. Uh, so join us 3 to 7 p.m. You can come for the whole show, you can come for a portion of the show. You can, however you want to do it. You can have dinner at Hemingway's restaurant after the show, however you like. Uh, but just make sure you join us. We'll have a nice big crowd for our last and final show of the year at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Of course, my happy place. Um, a couple other things I need to get to with you. So first of all, the... I just sent Matt DeSantis a clip here. This is an interesting one here. A little super cut put together by Tom Elliott from Grabian. What he loves to do over there, and he's very, very good at it. We get a lot of audio from Grabian. He, he does these mashups sometimes. He calls them super cuts. And this one now is it's basically a, a, a giant combination of various talking heads in the media, obviously the corporate media, who are all warning about the worst things that will happen if, 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 if Trump wins. Now, this is the key, and this is why the Democrats are so incredibly screwed here. And this is why it's almost, it's, a, it's kind of a checkmate situation at this point. It's kind of checkmate. And it's this. 2024, this is grim. That's what a Democratic pollster said. And this is from the far right wing New York Times. 
This is grim. And here's the key takeaway. And I shared this with you last week. I went into detail about this, but it's still very important. So James Carville's group asked voters a number of questions, right? And all kinds of different things. In the email, the the summation of the poll said the following. This is grim. The study, he said, found that collectively voters in the Democratic base of blacks, Hispanics, Asians, LGBTQ++, IA, every letter of the alphabet, Gen Z, millennials, unmarried, and college women give Trump higher approval ratings than Biden. But here's the key point here. And this is crazy. Joe Biden is only leading on the question of protecting democracy by one point. On the question of making democracy more secure, it's a tie. On the question of the president will not be an autocrat, Joe Biden has a two-point lead. In other words, all of the effort by the left, the corporate media, the big tech, and the government, the unholy triad, to paint Trump as a dictator and a demagogue, even Democrats don't buy it. Even the Democratic base doesn't buy the argument. They don't believe it. So despite the histrionic warnings of people in the media, they, they're not buying it. So my point is it, it's checkmate here. If that's all you have, you can't run on the economy because it was better under Trump. You heard uh, in the top of the hour news, you heard, uh, uh, what's her name? Joe Schlesinger come out and say, if you want to be able to have $100 today, you would need $120 today. I'm sorry, if you needed the equivalent of what $100 was before Biden became president, you would need $120 today. You would need $120 today. This is, they can't, they, they, they can't talk about the economy. So they try to make it out to be that Donald Trump is a demagogue and authoritarian is going to destroy democracy. But here's another point. Thank you for reminding me of this, Matt. When they're asked on questions of extremism, they view Democrats as more extreme. Particular, quote, particularly worrisome for Democrats who plan to demonize Trump as a threat to democracy are the advantages Trump and Republicans have on opposing extremism. They have a three-point lead on opposing extremism. Getting beyond the chaos, six points, and protecting the Constitution, Eight points. In other words, despite the constant warnings that Trump is a danger to democracy and he's the next Hitler and Mussolini and blah, 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 people don't buy it. And what's worse for Democrats is they think the Democrats are the party of the extremists because they've seen all these nutbag progressive lunatics on TV like uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and AOC and all these other people. They're the extremists and the voters are, are saying that. So the Democrats, it's checkmate for them. They don't have anything they can win on. They can't talk about the economy. It was better under Trump. They can't talk about peace in the world because we had more peace under Trump. There's can't talk about crime. Crime was better under Trump too, and people blame Democrats for crime. The border, it's, a, it's an open disaster. There's nothing, there's not one issue besides abortion that Democrats win on. But even that issue, when you go outside of the people who just vote on that issue, the other issues trump that issue. So unless you're a one-issue voter... And you're, and if you are on that issue, and you're, and 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 it's if for you, it's about quote unquote abortion rights. You're voting Democrat anyway. It doesn't matter. So in my opinion, it doesn't even count. But you ask voters the, the most important issues to them, and they're not saying abortion. They're saying the economy. 
And this is why the Democrats have a real problem here. A real problem. Because how do you beat him if your one argument that you have, your one attack point, is that he's a threat to democracy and that's not moving the needle in your direction. In fact, it's moving the needle in his direction. So here's a little compilation of the media trying to do their thing, scaring people. And now that you have some context, you understand how all they're doing literally is entertaining themselves like a giant circle, you know what, as they all say these things for their own benefit, but not moving the needle with voters, even people who are Democrat voters. Take a listen. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president, um, it, it, because if he is... You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the First Lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed, especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us our freedom, our liberty. None of us is safe. He's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. He wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end of democracy. Yeah. I think that could be the end of our democracy. But democracy is dead if Trump is reelected. Cozy up to Putin that democracy will be at risk. The absolute destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. The Justice Department could be entirely transformed. I am really concerned about that. Every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration. If he's reelected, he will curb transgender rights. The end of the rule of law. Arrest political opponents to persecute, not prosecute, to persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. To go after the independent and free parts of American civic life. He would tear down our institutions. Purge the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. Reading the government of all democratic safeguards. Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected. He won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to put every other thing aside and work together urgently right now to stop that from happening. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, you got a message and nobody's buying your message. You are putting out a message and nobody's buying the product. 
When you can't pivot, there's nothing they can pivot to. You're going to pivot to the economy? You're going to pivot to Bidenomics? Here is America's grandmother, Janet Yellen, earlier today. And uh, I asked Matt to please pull the short clip because it's I have a better chance of getting through this if it's the short clip versus the long clip uh, <laughs> without, without making references to Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. I'm not optimistic. Even the short clip is 39 seconds. I don't think you're going to get 15 seconds into this thing. You don't think I can I can I can make the full thirty nine? Uh, depends how long the initial question is, um, but yeah, assuming she jumps right in, I, I can't imagine it's more than fifteen seconds at most. Okay, all right, let's try it. Well, I don't have to tell you this, but there's a disconnect right now. You see some of the surveys; people say they're very unhappy with the economy. They they feel worse off than three years ago. But you look at these kind of headline numbers, and you say, well, what's not like to like about low unemployment and inflation coming down? Why do you think there is this disconnect? And are you concerned about the fact that the administration's message around Bidenomics isn't landing? So I think um, we've we've been through a lot. Well, you, Everybody you can use my can. phone and call people <laughs> and find out about Bidenomics. Do you want to know how long you made it? How long? Uh, technically 26 seconds, but also most of that time was the interviewer asking her a question. So I'm not sure I can credit you with the full 26 Probably closer to about eight or nine. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a real problem. Come you on, Henry. Oh, wait. <laughs> she a great big fat person. Yeah, these people that don't like biting off, are great big fat people? <laughs> Would you believe me? I'd believe me. I can't. She just sounds like Buffalo Bill. I, I can't. I can't help it. I can't hear anything she says. All I hear is Buffalo Bill can, every time. Can we please just listen to her answer? Okay. You, you just okay. have to make it about twenty seconds here. All right. Such a run Bidenomics isn't landing. So I think um, we've we've been through a lot. Everybody's the pandemic caused an enormous amount of disruption in people's lives and. Um, it puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. <laughs> you just it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You were so close. I'm going to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it, damn it. You were so close. There was just four more seconds in the clip. <laughs> okay, let's do it. And... um we're still. Oh, could you please give me a hand with this? <laughs> could you please? You went backwards. I backed it I up know, a I couple did. seconds, and now we're actually worse off than uh, when we entered. <laughs> the aftermath of what's been a serious shock. There, you did it. Okay, I made it through. Ooh. That was not easy. <laughs> that was not easy. It was a 15-second response. That was very tough. That took all of my all of my professional host abilities right there <laughs> to get through that. All of my maturity and all of my self restraint. So, just saying. Uh, all right, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, my buddy Tom Skopinich, friend of mine, the other day was in an accident, a very serious accident. And thank God he's okay. Got rear-ended, and um, he's he's uh, he, he reached out to me. I mean, I mean, thank God he survived is what I mean. He reached out to me, and he said, "Who's uh, your friend? The 
attorney and I said, Tom Skopinich, within a couple of, I think like within an hour, uh, he and Tom connected on the phone. Tom is helping him and helping his family. That's what Tom Skopinich does. If you are injured in an accident, he is going to be there for you and he's going to fight for you. And he's been doing that for over 25 years, fighting for people in our region. He's licensed in PA and New Jersey. If you are hurt in an accident, you have to maximize your recovery. You have to get what you deserve. And I'm telling you, you're very often going to be battling the insurance companies because too often in these situations, people think the insurance company has my back. The insurance company has their back. It's their bottom line they're concerned about, not yours. That's why you need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. He is a fighter. And the secret weapon is, well, two things. Number one, he's not one of these friggin' billboard clowns. You're not going to deal with some someone who's, you're going to deal with him. You're going to deal with him directly. And that's a beautiful thing. Secondly, he knows how the insurance companies operate. You see, prior to starting his own law practice, he used to work for and on behalf of the insurance companies. So he understands their tactics. He knows what they're going to do uh, even before they do it. They can bring that in insider information to the table when he's fighting for you to maximize your recovery and get what you deserve. Reach out to him today at scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. The law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich, fighting for people in our region for over 25 years, an office in Montgomery County, PA, Lansdale, but licensed in PA and New Jersey. He will fight for you on either side of the river. Get what you deserve, scopelawyer.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Well, it's been quite a Tuesday. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Tuesday's gone with the wind. Uh, tomorrow, well, Friday will be in Cape May, so I'm excited for that. We'll be live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Uh, for our next live show. So I'm excited for that. So make sure you join us for that and come out and see us 3 to 7 p.m. We'll be there. The bar will be open and we'll have some fun. I'm going to do my best to not drink on the air so that I can get through all those Janet Yellen clips because there's more of them. I'm sure Matt DeSantis (laughs) will have more for me tomorrow. I'm really going to try. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun to end end the year on such a positive note, being together with the Zioli Army, together in Cape May, at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. That'll be a lot of fun. There's a bunch of stuff I didn't get to today because we took the press conference, obviously. Well, it's a sham of a press conference, but the only takeaway from this that's worth uh, sharing regarding it is this one reporter who asked a question of Biden about, like, hey, you know, when, when do you say, like, enough is enough here? And you notice how Biden comes up and he gives this phony speech about standing with Israel. And then the next breath, he says, we're worried about civilian deaths. And behind the scenes, they're trying to kneecap Israel and they're trying to get this to, to be over. Uh, and they're tying it to American money. You know, and if I were Netanyahu, I'd say, we don't want your damn money. We're going to handle this on our own. I wouldn't listen to Biden. But you see, Israel doesn't have receipts. They don't own the Bidens like Ukraine does. That's the difference. So when this reporter asks this question, it's a logical question, and it's actually consistent with Biden's sort of foreign policy doctrine here, if you think about it. But you consider what he's telling Israel, what he's not telling Ukraine. With Israel, this our government, Biden's government, we're supporting a ceasefire. We want this to end. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they do. They're in charge. They want this to end, right? But not with Ukraine. They're not saying that with Ukraine. And this is why it's so glaringly obvious 
The distinction is that Ukraine owns Joe Biden. Take a listen. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, for President Biden, um, Ukraine's counteroffensive has, uh, has stalled in recent months. Uh, Congress is blocking aid, uh, and Vladimir Putin appears ready to just wait things out. Um, so what is the strategy for the U.S. and Ukraine next year to try and turn this, uh, turn this around? And if that fails, uh, at what point do you say to Ukraine, as a friend, uh, that it is perhaps time to start looking at peace talks? And for President Zelensky, um, welcome back to Washington. Um, can I ask you, did you uh, hear what you wanted to hear from Congress and from President Biden? Um, and uh, or are you indeed more worried than when you got here? Thank you very much. Well, let me uh, answer the question first. Let's put this in perspective. Remember how far Ukraine has come. Russia has failed, failed us far in trying to erase Ukraine. So it, it, you don't have to listen and to, to it. He's just reading off no cards the prepared answer. The question was a scam. The answer is a scam. Uh, there, there'll be no discussions of that for two reasons. Number one, Zelensky has the receipts. Number two is the fact that, and this is going to be the big thing tomorrow, you're going to hear these mealy-mouthed Republicans repeat it, that it's American manufacturing, American defense contractors. They're the ones, you see, they're the ones who are really making money off this. Uh, this is a good thing for our economy, actually, because... You can see that it is the American defense manufacturing industry that is being paid for all these weapons that Ukraine is using. So, no, we will tell Israel what to do. We'll try to get a ceasefire there. We'll work behind the scenes in the United Nations to get that done, but not with Ukraine. There'll be no discussions of that. The reporter asked a very good question. Like, at what point do you say to Ukraine, we got to sit down at a negotiating table here? It's a, it's a legitimate, very, very articulate question from the reporter. And I'm surprised he even was allowed to ask it. At what point do you say to Ukraine that it's time to start looking at peace talks? That's exactly right. But I think the only reason why they allowed the, con- the question to be asked was that so Biden could go on a tangent about how we absolutely cannot allow Russia to win and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and and to outline what that looks like, which is Ukraine is an independent sovereign nation and they don't secede, cede an inch of territory to Russia, which you and I know that means that this will go on for 10 years at minimum, minimum 10 years, maybe longer. All right, listen, have a great rest of your night tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Appreciate it very, very much. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Keep the conversation going. And I'll see you in KMA on Friday, okay? Just a couple days away, Friday at the Grand Hotel for our last and final Christmas spectacular broadcast. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 